1: USA
2: Radio News with
3: Chris Barnes.
2: A controversial bill that would ban nearly all abortions has passed in the state of Alabama. It was passed overnight, and an amendment that would have made exceptions for rape and incest was denied. Sponsors of the bill say they want to force the U.S. Supreme Court to make a decision on the defining question in the Roe v. Wade ruling, which established a woman's right to an abortion. Democratic Representative Merica Coleman says,
4: "Roe v. Wade is overturned. You will go back." Back to the days where women are having abortions in back alleys. The
2: State Department's ordering U.S. workers out of Iraq a day after the Defense Department warned about a possible threat to Americans there from Iranian-backed forces as tensions rise between Washington and Tehran. The White House also reportedly has been reviewing possible military options should U.S. forces come under attack by Iran or its proxies. This is USA Radio News.
5: The great thing about facts, they're proven. Like the fact that crude oil contains impurities. Or that base oil, made from natural gas, is 99.5% free of impurities. And the fact that Pennzoil is the first synthetic motor oil made from natural gas, not crude oil. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil. Based on Sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Get a $100 travel reward credit with a full synthetic oil change through October 31st, 2019. Terms apply. Visit Pennzoil.com slash on.
6: Oh my God. We need to talk about something constipation, abdominal pain, and bloating. You tell yourself well, it's not that bad. You take laxatives and modify your diet and exercise routine, but thinking about it all the time is frustrating. This doesn't have to define you. If your constipation comes back again and again and you don't know why, then it may be time to seek help. Go to omygut.info where you can learn more about your symptoms and get to know your gut. That's omygut.info.
7: On Venezuela, uh, we have disagreement.
2: Meeting with Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov in Sochi Russia yesterday, that's Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, who's calling on Russia to help with an easy transition of power in Venezuela, which he says would see current leader Nicolas Maduro step down.
7: I urge my Russian colleagues to support the Venezuelan people as they return democracy to their country. The United States and more than 50 other nations agree that the time has come for Nicolas Maduro to go. He's brought nothing but misery to the Venezuelan people. And we hope that the Russians' support uh, for Maduro will end. Pompeo
2: also warning Lavrov and the Russian government against interference in the U.S. election, saying any such action would further sour relations between the two countries. President Trump will speak this morning at the 38th Annual National Peace Officers Memorial Service at 11 Eastern. And this is USA Radio News.
8: America's built and based on liberties and freedoms. Liberty Healthshare brings that to healthcare. The liberty of choosing your own doctor, the liberty of choosing your own hospital. Liberty Healthshare makes healthcare affordable to millions of Americans. Ignite your liberty. Sharing plans starting at $199 for a single, $399 for a couple, and no matter how big the family, only $529. That's $529 for the entire family. To learn how you can save, go to lightyourliberty.com. That's lightyourliberty.com.
2: The Texas State Senate's recently approved a bill to raise the smoking age in the state to 21. And then yesterday, the House passed a preliminary version of the bill as well. A final version still has to be approved by the Senate, and it is expected to pass. Many parents sometimes wonder if their child has a cold or if they have allergies. USA Radio's Tim Berg explains the difference.
8: In the springtime, many folks fall sick to either the common cold or seasonal allergies, and a lot of these symptoms do overlap each other. CBS News medical correspondent Dr. Tara Narla joins CBS this morning and explains the difference between your common cold and allergies. A
9: lot of parents can struggle with that because there can be similarities. So first it's rare to develop allergies if you're under two seasonal allergies as a child. Second you want to look at duration. Are the symptoms lasting a couple days, more likely a cold, or weeks to months, more likely allergies. Track them. Do they happen at the same time every year or your kid is okay in the house and then the minute they go outside they suddenly start coughing or sneezing. In addition if there's fever, more likely to be a cold. You can look at the, the secretions. If the mucus is clear or watery, it's more likely allergies. And importantly if if your child complains a lot of itching, itching eyes, itching nose, that really tends to be more of a hallmark of allergies.
2: And a 29 year old Florida man was arrested this week for playing basketball in the nude. It happened in Longwood. He claimed to police he plays better when he's unclothed. And for USA Radio News, I'm Chris Barnes.
10: Remember in the beginning when you first started to build a life for you and your family? We specialize in credit cards, retail store cards, and medical bills. One simple call is all it takes to get the
0: ball rolling to a debt-free life. Stop living with debt and start living your dreams. Call the Debt Helpline now. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. That's 800-957-6063.
11: last night
10: you find out the morning after let's do this thing
12: the morning after has it begun and i guess uh, once again maybe this name of the show is actually pretty good the morning after because it feels uh feels like the morning after it feels like the morning after that i got punched in the face i believe it was a couple of weeks ago that i was like yeah like um the morning after, and I was sore. Um, there was some, it, you know, it it, uh, it was a rough night the night before, so to speak. And once again, like it's like I got hit over the head with a hammer. And you know your picks suck when the only pick that you won was a lottery pick. Like the only, like the, like, like people are what what have, you know. Don't bet on the lottery. What are you crazy? Don't bet on the lottery. I won plus money tickets on the lottery. I wish I could bet on the lottery every night. Unfortunately, the picks that I lost were the picks that I made that, you know, had nothing to do with the lottery. They late, dollars short, Joe Ranieri. What's up, Joe?
13: Ah, uh, still trying to get over that damn hockey game last God. night with these Bruins. They're like a cockroach, man. They you really just are, you, you right. can't get rid of them. It's brutal, man. It's absolutely and brutal. You know what it's like? And it's
12: like a cockroach, and it's on the wall, and you're like, "I've got you, you son of a bitch." Yeah, yeah. And you, you smack wingtip. and he just yeah, like yep. walks away after, and then like jumps yeah. on you or something. You're like, ah.
13: Like,
1: yeah.
12: No, you're right. Yeah. They,
13: he you goes in the corner and you guys. can't get him. And you're like, son of a buck, give me. God. You
12: notice like you're <laughs> always this close to them too, right? <laughs>
13: exactly. Exactly. Unbelievably frustrating uh, watching that game last night. Cause not like they didn't have chances. And uh, I, again, they just, I, I don't know if they got luck, what they got rolling on there, but it's uh, it, it's just ridiculous watching the Bruins now.
12: Lucky the Irish, man. It's
13: it really is, man. It, is. it really is. It's they like, should like, not have won that game.
12: Like the Celtics got <clears throat> bounced, and Bravo, good. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, Red Sox struck out twenty-four Rocky uh, players last night. and lost. That's good. Yeah, It's exactly. some goodness, but it's like there's still enough magic in that city that it's it's lingering over the Bruins. <laughs> Ugh. It's like fairy dust. Yeah, yeah, no, Ridiculous. exactly. We need like yeah. a heavy win. <sighs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to be sick to my stomach if the Bruins win the Stanley
13: Cup. I can't. Don't even go there. No,
12: but I'll tell you, the oh. basketball game was the same thing last night. Golden State were always up, but Portland were always right around the spread, and it was just slow torture.
13: I agree, though. Good things to pull out for Portland.
12: Morning after has begun.
5: than 3 million companies worldwide use Indeed to hire. Post your job at Indeed.com hire. Indeed, the world's number one job site. Source.com score total visits.
4: I had great results. I lost 70 pounds. I weighed 265 and went down to 195. My doctor told me, if it works for you, then do it. But A lot of people say to me, how did you lose the weight? I said, I take Andro 400 every day. So I'm going to take it forever. That was
15: Walt talking about Andro 400. Now listen to what Bob
4: has to say. When you listen to your radio commercials, you say that's not possible.
15: 888 400 0435. 888
12: 400 0435. Andro400.com. 20 after NC Sports on Radio Network, iHeart Radio, Sports Byline Affiliates, American Forces Radio. Everything else in between, we appreciate you joining us. I'm Gable Morensi in Midtown Manhattan, uh, New York, where uh, people were hoping to get the number one pick last night. Joe Renery is in uh, Miami, Florida, where Alonzo Morning um was like the first name up. <laughs> yeah. I believe like when the lottery yeah. started, they're like representing Miami Alonzo and they're like in the first the fourteenth pick, the Miami
13: Heat. Yeah, okay. so yeah, Miami Heat.
12: Like, just like, Yeah, whatever. He just sort yeah. of yeah, yeah. yeah
13: that's pat riley's game anyway building through the draft not
12: yeah not, it's like uh he's like yeah whatever what you know i'm yeah. just i'm just he's like all right
13: good i can get out of here They're like great all right i'm out
12: <laughs> but it's amazing that like they because I, I laughed at that but they only had like a one percent chance of winning the lottery the miami <laughs> heat is they you know they just barely missed the playoffs uh but yeah. the lakers only had a three percent chance and you know they they worked their way up into the uh the top of four Mm. Very, very. Uh, I've never seen a lottery like that before, Joe. Like, that was insane. And, like, I tweeted out during these lotteries normally, sometimes there's like, oh, unbelievable. Somebody went from, you know, nine to seven. Mm. Yeah. Like, you'll usually jump up a bit, and normally teams will only drop a bit. But this new format definitely lent itself to insanity. And,. As I stated earlier, there's no way anybody can cry about this being fixed because nobody, nobody wanted Zion Williamson to go to New Orleans. You know, the league didn't, the shoe companies, Nike uh, didn't, and Zion Williamson didn't. Mm. None of them wanted uh, wanted this, and I tell you, they wouldn't have like Memphis wouldn't have been their second choice uh, either. There are reports that Zion is crushed that it wasn't New York, uh, <laughs> that he had his sights uh, set
13: on it, but. They rushed him out pretty quick, didn't they? Oh, yeah. uh, right when it, when it was yeah. an out? Oh, they were like, okay, all right, cut the, cut the break, cut the break.
12: Because he had these sort of nervous smile going, and then you could see the, the reality was kicking in, and you're right. They were like, all right, we better get this kid out of here, man. <laughs> exactly. Like, no more questions. It was like, like they realized, like, and it didn't take long for the reports to pop up that Zion was disappointed backstage, and, and you know, you know, everybody should slow down right now. Don't assume anything. for
13: like.
1: Mm, yeah.
13: uh, but you know what? Isn't that today's media? I mean, let that. I hope the, he learns from this that in today's media, it, they convinced everybody, including Zion, that the Knicks, it was the Like, nobody even brought up the idea that there's a possibility. It could be. And it was nobody else. It was the Knicks or nothing else. And that's what the media does today. It doesn't so make a media, difference. Real, not real. No, it doesn't make right, a difference. I, it's the Knicks.
12: We're part of it. I was part of the hype. Yeah. But- I didn't hear anybody bring up once, ever, over the last process of all this, let's say over the last three you know, months or whatever, I didn't hear anybody bring up once besides Mark Bermer of the New York Post uh, yesterday with us, and he goes, guys, the New York Knicks have a 60% chance of, like, falling to the fifth pick. <laughs> <laughs> they had a better chance it's than like that? Nobody, nobody brought that up, like, ever, did they? It's like, 14%. Nope, percent, oh, he's going to be a Nick. 14%. He's, he's a Nick. Byrne was the first way. He goes, ah, I see it's fifty-nine percent chance that he falls to five. <laughs> yeah.
13: Yeah. Like And that and then immediately 30 seconds after it's announced that the Pelicans, you know, you got another report. Anthony Davis wants a trade anyway. Like how, how do you know that? Like yeah, how in yeah, the world. Yeah, 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 because he texted seconds. he texted Wode. Right. I say the same thing all
12: the time. <laughs> Oh, if Kevin Durant does this, Clay Thompson's going to do that one. He oh. told you that at halftime in a playoff game yeah, last
13: night. Exactly. Amazing. Amazing how you get these scoops. Amazing. Oh, yeah,
12: yeah, and it's funny because I've heard other uh, – there was another report that AD now considering staying. What? <laughs> <laughs> get blow off. Get bent. Yeah. How about the I other can promise rumor you Anthony LeBron.
13: Davis was never in a million years considered Zion Williamson coming there. I can promise no. you that never crossed his mind.
12: No, and – Hey, listen, you're the Pelicans. and There's another rumor out there. I, I don't. We're not even going to talk about it. But it's out there on a couple of websites, and I'm thinking, what is this? Like you're, the, you're worse than a National Enquirer now, you guys. Amen. Like, you're just making things up. That it's Ben Simmons for LeBron James. <laughs> no, I'm dead serious. Sure. They're talking sure. about it on Philly radio, and it's on. Look at CBS, and oh, that they get. I love this. That, the, the story is the Philadelphia 76ers want to explore this because yeah, LeBron mm. just uprooted his family to start a movie production company. He barely cares about the NBA right now,
1: mm-hmm. he's moving mm-hmm.
12: back to Philly. Yep. And, oh, yeah, the Lakers are going to give up LeBron James for Ben Simmons, a guy that I could beat at horse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's real yeah. rumor. Ben Simmons for LeBron yeah. straight up. Well, let's go. Let's go. Oh God. Like you said, there's just so much garbage out there, man. But all we can do is sift through it and look at the reality of this. Is that nobody saw this coming with the Pelicans. The Pelicans didn't see this coming. Exactly. (laughs) You know, and now the Pelicans really are like, I don't know. what's the best way of putting it, man. Like, um, they're the, they're, only ones, the cards, Gabe. they're the only they're ones the with cards. any Coke for sale at an after-hours yeah. party. You know what I'm saying?
13: Amen. Like Amen, brother. Basically, they can brother. sit
12: down and put it on the table, and it's one of those. They're like a Don. Mm-hmm. Oh, Don yep. Pelican. <laughs> Don Pelican. We offer yep. you this for Zion, this for, like, think about the combinations that these diabolical GMs are going to be coming up with in the next week.
13: Yeah, yeah, and they got a pretty good one there now with David Griffin. Uh, you know, a guy that's that's dealt with LeBron, a guy that yeah, won yeah. a championship. Yeah, he's it's not a much get better regime. by
12: anybody. You're right,
13: right, exactly. This is a much better regime than than the crap that they were dealing with six months ago. So, uh, you know, listen, I know you said that they don't deserve it, but they didn't deserve the way they were treated by Anthony True. Davis either. I mean, the whole thing was that the guys on the team, the fans. Um, you know, this is an interesting thing now because what about I mean, look, Vegas went from three hundred one to twenty-five to one, the idea of Anthony Davis and Zion together along with happen. Drew Holiday.
12: AD I know, and Zion aren't gonna play together, but as you say, Griffin is a smart enough guy, he can translate it. he can translate yeah. this into something, you're right. Yeah, it was an extreme. And we'll get into the Knicks situation after, but for me, Joe, if you're I I don't like Anthony Davis. All right, and I think he's a great player. I lost all respect for him after last year. I lost all respect. You could have waited to the offseason to try to do the stuff you did. He's clearly influenced uh, by LeBron's cronies. He had never had this problem before at AD. The guy shows up with a That's All Folks uh, t-shirt the last game of the year, remember? And they're like, really? You're, you're mocking? like you're, And he goes, he goes, it was laid out for me. I don't dress myself. Yep. Four-year-old kid? Mm. Oh my mommy! But like, I, like, what the hell is this guy? Like, I, I, and I don't want him anywhere near Zion, and I don't want LeBron's people anywhere near Zion. I don't want this Maverick Carter guy. He can go speak at USC and you know talk about being successful by uh, you know fleecing your buddies. Like,
1: like mm-hmm.
12: Oh yeah, my buddy's a basketball player, so I'm gonna give a commencement speech about being successful. Um,
1: <laughs> just saying, right? It's true.
12: You agree. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's that easy.
16: Yeah, and you get like
12: a robe. Getting Kawhi Leonard's uncle, his manager, to speech. That was a great shot. That was, we hit. You, know I mean? yeah. like, yeah. you didn't hit the shot. It's like, hey, yeah. listen, I had nothing against Maverick Carter. He's a successful guy. I gave it to him. Um, but, you know, what's the other guy? The, the agent guy. They're all, They were, look what they did. They tampered. LeBron James and these guys tampered with the Pelicans and tried to steal Anthony Davis from them. Mm-hmm. And and they ended up screwing AD in the end. Um, yep. they didn't get them, and I wouldn't want those people anywhere near. What, what's Zion, what's AD going to tell Zion? Oh, this place sucks. They're idiots. You don't want to get yeah. out of here. Hold out. If like, you just go on, I wouldn't even want a meeting. I'm trading AD. The question is now, does AD get dealt to the Lakers or the New York Knicks? Like, if you're the New York Knicks, do you want AD or do you want the third pick? And If I was the Knicks and I would have gotten the first pick, I would have kept it. Now that I have the third pick, would you rather have an R.J. Barrett or an Anthony Davis? Said Anthony Davis supposedly would play for the Knicks. You'd have to agree, obviously. You'd have to agree to sign a long-term deal. Like we're not going into Mm -hmm. one year here, but AD supposedly isn't opposed to playing for the Knicks. Plus the Knicks have money. Like my head is spinning, Joe. Like suddenly it could be Anthony Davis and Kevin Durant on the Knicks now
13: with Kyrie Irving.
12: Like we don't know.
13: Yep, that's the problem. Yep, and it's going to change in about 20 minutes. We're going to hear something else. And oh, look at that. I think Anthony Davis is hurt already, uh, just thinking about it. So, Anthony
12: <laughs> Davis I mean, got hurt. Yeah. <laughs> thinking, got about hurt thinking
13: about the <laughs> trade. Yeah. Oh, my uh, brain. That's the problem with him. Yeah. That's What's the this comic uh,
12: cartoon stuff for? Because it's a circus. I know, I
13: got butt funny in my ears. Yeah, I thought it was just me. All right, good.
0: That's 800-932-1749.
16: If you or a loved one is suffering from a physical or emotional condition that has left you unable to work, then listen carefully. Take this number down, 800-593-7491. That's 800-593-7491.
17: Get and read The Secret War. Pick up your phone and call right now.
0: 800-932-5517 800-932-5517 800-932-5517 Once again, that's 800-932-5517.
12: He sent me a tweet last
13: night. Uh,
12: Florida man got arrested for playing um, basketball in the park naked
13: last night. Yeah, helps his dribble.
12: I don't, I don't really understand. I thought it was the land of the free, Joe. Honestly, what's <laughs> if, like, you can't go shoot some hoops where your junk hand? like, really?
13: Yeah, yeah. Not
12: bothering yep, anybody, yep. right?
13: It, it helps his skills, he said. It makes it a little more freeing there, so.
12: Yeah, he gets to the rack a little bit smoother. <laughs> like, that's, um, that's correct. Yep. It gives me an idea, actually. I never really thought about it. It was like nude beaches and oh, I, stuff, so like uh, nude basketball don't, don't courts.
13: Yeah. Don't go to a nude beach down here, please.
12: Are there nude awful. beaches in Florida?
13: Oh, there there is, right? It's it's not at all what you think it is. Oh, well, I'm thinking. Yeah, the peop- yeah. I'm
12: imagining it's like a Sports Illustrated swimsuit uh, model, like, yeah, imagine yes. every nude beach is just like really, really hot chicks rolling around in the sand, uh, cat fighting and making out. Right?
13: Yes. In a, uh, in a tub volleyball. of uh, It's like oil. a beer. A picture it's just like
12: a beer commercial.
13: They're playing volleyball yeah. and
12: you know, Spuds but- McKenzie rolls up. The dog. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, guys?
13: Yeah. Now, now take that thought. Only replace those hot chicks with with women that look like Rosie O'Donnell, and there you go. And imagine that rolling around on a consistent basis and, uh, only they're rolling with sandwiches. Um, and that's, that's, you know, you know, pieces of ham stuck to them, that kind of thing. It is, it is, it is a rough sight, my friend. Uh, I, I've been, and, and you know what, I can't it. tell where the new beach starts and the regular beach ends. It, it's on a strip. It's a really nice strip of beach here <laughs> down in uh, Miami. And all of a sudden, like you cross over a threshold, man, it's like, there's no turning back. You, you can't unsee that. You just can't.
12: I've been to uh, I've been to a nude beach, same thing. In which I didn't know, I didn't like. Oh, I'm going to the nude beach. Yes. I was in Portugal, and same thing. It was sort of like you know, I was walking around the beach, and part of it was sort of around the hotel, and I kept getting further and further, and then boom, I saw the sign. It was like uh, clothing optional, right? Oh, you saw a sign. Yeah, so nice. I saw there. I was like, I had clothing optional. So I'm like, yeah, I just, you know, I didn't take my clothes out, but. I keep walking and, um, yeah, it was basically,
13: yeah. can't unsee it, man. You uh, can't
12: like the best way of putting it is like, I saw basically what like a nurse that works in like a senior citizen home would see like, it yes. was, like a lot of very like elderly people just, just- letting it hang out on a beach, bro. <laughs> like,
13: don't care they don't care and yeah, uh it's yeah. like, like we're talking yeah.
12: i was talking like you know 82 year old ladies with their husband like
13: walking like yeah. along with like no tan lines and you're like okay this is not your first day here like this is it it's horrific it it uh it's just yeah it's well,
12: awful it can't all be brazilian models right and now yeah well, i bet you ranary too he's telling us oh it's horrific it's it's terrible and yeah. it's probably like uh, Joel Embiid's girlfriend Jay's going to say no, there no, a no, bunch of hand no. models down there on the beach.
13: No, no I would rather the hand models. That would, have been, uh, that would have been much easier for me to be able to cope with because I wasn't right for like model. a couple of days. Yeah, a foot model would have been good as long as, yeah, with well, sock or that, something. actually. <laughs> huge money, uh, by the way. You could but, probably yeah, make
12: more money, money, woman, if you're out there. You have like yeah. sexy feet than a sexy face. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A lot of sexy faces yep. out there, right? Like, oh, look mm-hmm. at those feet.
13: Mm, yeah, I've like, never got the that. whole feet thing. Uh oh, well, our boy Rex loves uh, wasn't he was a big foot guy, wasn't he? Good yeah, old uh, yeah. sexy Rexy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, him true. and his wife. Yeah, big old uh, cream cheese feet there. Yeah.
12: <laughs> I don't know, but at least like Rex, somehow he
13: admitted it. Was, it. Yeah, he no, owned dude,
12: it. that's what I was gonna say. That the fact <laughs> that he owned it and he actually had a picture of his wife's feet at his desk. Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
18: <laughs> yeah.
12: Yep. Like a hey, coach and like you know, mostly it's like, you know, it'd be him, his brother, you know, head coach, buddy Ryan. <laughs> Maybe him, like, you mm-hmm. know, like shaking the hands of like Vince Lombardi or you know what I mean? You know, coach, you know, coach type pictures. No, 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 yep. no, He's got a picture of his wife's feet in high heels behind him.
1: Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he showed she... guys
12: and he even joke around, Hey guys, she got some new shoes
13: didn't she have a thing for sanchez too i think there was a little something going on like she loved mark sanchez too so uh i think she made him wear a sanchez jersey
7: <laughs> rex Ryan. yeah
12: <laughs> hey, listen rex ryan's really funny on tv and stuff but you don't want him coaching your team no 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 defense uh, uh, he, Jets. but right. it was a different era you notice like jeff fisher was okay back in those days too like, to me, Rex Ryan, no. Jeff Fisher, sort of old school. Those old school will run the ball 20 million times and we will play defense and stuff. The league sort of passed them by a bit, you know?
13: Yeah, yeah. They never evolved. That's the problem.
12: Um, yeah, yeah no, Rex Rex was a disaster. Like, the the, the Buffalo Bills own the Miami Dolphins. Like, the only time we ever lost to them, I think, in the last 10 years is when Rex Ryan was our coach.
1: <laughs>
13: yeah. Um, <laughs> Rex.
12: So speaking of insanity here, I sent you this. I don't know if we can get the video. Uh,
13: oh, let me see it. What do you got? Texas Little League Brawl. Oh, let me see this. I
12: like it. Texas Little League Brawl with aluminum baseball bats.
13: Nice.
12: Even better. Even better. Yeah, That's that's how it all started. We're saying the crazy in Florida. Uh, We'll get to some Florida stories, but. Oh, look at this. Can't forget about uh, Texas. So, yeah, a Little League baseball game got out of hand last night, and. When they say little league, look at the kids. This is like T-ball. This isn't like competitive little league baseball. Like How can you wow, the up here, thing. Joe? Hey God for Let tremendous. me see
13: here, there we wow. Look at the
12: kid number 10. That's not oh, little wow. league.
13: That's not little league. That's little tyke. Look at these guys. Look at <laughs> That's like, yeah, exactly. That's it's like 6-year-old. Like how can anyone be mad
12: about like a call or something? Oh wow like these kids right now are pissing themselves during the game Joe you know what I'm saying oh like some just, of them they still don't even still know where versus like
13: yeah yeah they run in circles they don't even yeah, run like, at the home yeah <laughs> like it, run that way Timmy
12: like they push them like no, no, that. No, no, that way <laughs> like they're like okay, you understand little League hey, look at I played uh, I played competitive things would get you know, it's spirited between the coaches or whatever this isn't Little League baseball. No. like this is a bunch of psychopathic, and look how big and just like fat everybody is in the picture. Yeah, exactly. It looks like term. a nude I'm beach, sorry.
13: looks like a nude beach.
12: Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. So, scroll yeah. down a little bit, and uh, yeah, you'll get the video. Oh, up. there's
13: video. Okay, let's see what we got. Yeah, here. it's a little
12: video. So, watch while they're going. Some lady, real class mother, runs. You'll see her run out of the field and crack somebody in the back of the leg with an aluminum baseball bat.
13: No way. Which I got
12: to believe it could
13: be, like, deemed assault. <laughs> but, let me see if we can open this up here. Are you serious with this, right
12: yeah, now? Oh. no. You, you see? Look, look. Oh! Oh! Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 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 that's the type of thing. And you know it's, it's a small people. town. I don't know if you can play it again. It, look, she comes in. Oh, it's probably like her God. husband, right? That's the type of thing oh, that you, you're you oh, getting her. It's a small town. and it's like, Sniper. Yeah. This, All right. Look, look.
13: at the sniper here. Look. Here. Comes look at it. Right
12: out. Hi-ya! Bam! <laughs> He turns around, what the F? And you know, it's all well, small it's town so You know, they all know each other. This is the type of thing where I got a problem, like, basically, a couple of days later, and it's like, ding dong. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Watch the guy in the blue shirt. Like, bro, you, you your think... wife hit me with an aluminum baseball yeah. bat. We got a problem.
13: Like. You, you think was, the guy like... in the blue shirt here is coming to rescue the little kid at home plate? Watch this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, <laughs> he's like, get... but then he leaves I him. Know,
12: Okay, you're right. He, you're like, all oh, right, he's the responsible adult. It's like, all right, we better yeah. get Timmy. And look, little Timmy's right in the middle. It is T-Ball. Look, there's the T. It is T-Ball. I know it's T-Ball. You're right. But he comes like, hey, look, little Timmy's at the plate here. We better get him out of the way. Yeah. Look, Watch he it. goes to save yeah. him, but then he goes right past yeah. him.
1: Yeah. Watch, then okay, he hey, right hey, 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 hey,
12: hey, Oh, <laughs> look at little Timmy. He's just waiting at the plate, Joe. I love this kid. He's
13: sitting there, like, is it my turn? Is it my turn yet? Oh. Look at these Oh, that guy's wearing a Cincinnati Reds jersey. Yeah, he, you looks, see like, that? Yeah, he looks
12: like a class act, that guy, Joe. Yeah,
13: yeah, yeah. He, look, he actually matched. Yeah. You know, basically, yeah. I'm this willing is to Ohio bet you written money written. that nine
12: out of ten of these people watch Duck Dynasty.
13: Oh, absolutely. Yep. They've got yeah. tucked on. How many, You're gonna be on live how many Confederate here any minute. flags
12: are on those SUVs in the parking lot? All
13: right. Oh, this is just classic. Hi. Bam, bam, bam! bam. bam. A little over
12: of baseball bam. bat. I oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like how she like she jogs off after. It's yeah, like yeah, yo, yeah. yo, lady, we see you here, right? Like, Boom. oh yeah, yeah. Like so, what do you do, Joe? What do you do? Oh. You live in that town. You know the the husband and this chick that hit you with a baseball bat during a t-ball game. Do you sue? Oh. Do you beat the crap out of the husband?
13: Oh um, man. Well, this isn't like travel ball. They don't have travel t-ball guys. Okay, so ball, this is t-ball. like yeah. <laughs> this, no, this isn't, isn't like, even a even like
12: Joe competitive little league ball. would be like, oh yeah, things got out of hand. All right, competitive. Yeah,
13: no, they're traveling, but, but no, this is, you're right. It's in the same town. Ta- like you all know each other. You have to. Oh, yeah. Oh, my what world. town is this? It's, uh... <laughs> it's got to be Ohio somewhere. It's got, uh, that's an episode of, it's Texas. Oh, it's, yeah. Texas? Yeah, it's Texas. And with a dude with a Cincinnati Reds jersey on. Wow. Yeah,
12: yeah. it's, it's Texas. Yeah. Um, just, I want to know oh, where, where in Texas.
13: That certain, is just Suna crazy. Right now Oh, I'm the sure. Rio, put Rio. Well, so somebody posted the Rio Grande Valley. So. Oh, Rio Grande. Yeah, Rio, Rio Grande. Wow, that is just mind blowing, man.
12: I got to be honest. like, I'd shut the league down. This is one of these deals where, like, from the commission, you're an embarrassment to T ball. Look oh, at little yeah. number 10. Actually, in the still shot, too, look at you can see someone holding someone back. It's like, yeah, that, that's just gold, man.
13: That's just brutal. That's just so, yeah, brutal. I don't
12: know. Like, you know America is a very litigious place, right? I mean, you could sue. It's on video. She hits you with a baseball bat.
13: Of all the things to grab, like, she comes out of the clouds with a bat and goes for the dude's back of the leg. Like like she was whacking him on the ass, you know what I mean? Like she was going to say, what are you doing? What are you doing? I like little number 10. It showed
12: some uh, moxie under fire.
13: He did. He just wanted to hit
12: the ball. He's like, Am I up? Fat (laughs) fat Texans fighting with each other around him. He was just waiting to
10: hit the plate.
13: He's like, Am I up? Is it my turn?
10: Oh, oh, man. (laughs) DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice, we play every day.
8: Eight hundred nine six one thirty six thirty one. 961 3631 Eight hundred nine six one three six three one. 3631 961
11: 3631 961 3631 Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion 2017, world number one Me personally? your story.
10: Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs.
6: Searching for an outdoor oasis but don't have time to catch a flight? Join us in the heart of Midtown at Versa packed with good vibes, great views, and service unmatched. Fully stocked with five bars throughout the venue. Aside from our stellar dining menu, Tuesday through Friday our culinary team has curated a delectable rotation of food activations to be featured on our patio from 5pm to 8pm. Join us for non-stop fun on one of New York City's largest patios as rooftop season is finally upon us. Located at 215 West 35th Street, New York, New York. Official partners of the New York Knicks and the New York Rangers.
13: All right, guys. You know, the Warriors easily covered the seven-and-a-half-point closing line uh, last yeah. Yeah, night. Yeah, PointsBet, yeah, they won by 22, and if you didn't get in on that easy money, don't worry about it. You can go to PointsBet.com forward slash grid right now. Open up a PointsBet sports wagering account. Just enter the promo code GRID. That's G-R-I-D, and you'll get not one, but two risk-free bets up to $1,000. And in addition to traditional betting, PointsBet offers its own unique concept where customers are rewarded by how much their team and their winning bet actually, well, how much they win by. For example, if the New York Giants, uh, you had them laying three and they covered by seven, you're going to get seven times your stake. So cool. That's PointsBet.com forward slash grid. Enter the promo code GRID. Get those two risk-free bets up to $1,000 today.
12: Some great bonuses. That's like reverse lightning uh, wagering. We'll get into That's what awesome. lightning wagering is after, which you do mm. not want to do because you'll get struck by lightning. But I like this. It's uh, one way. They're, they're going to give you the bonus uh, back. So, hey, nothing, yep. uh, nothing says good morning uh, like some heavy metal, <laughs> some, yes. some bonuses, and some PGA mm. uh, golf mm. is Finally, there's some sunshine uh, here in the New York City area. It's been really, really brutal, man. It's just been a constant and a heavy, dreary rain over the last uh, week or so. It's supposed to uh, remain like this. It might rain a little bit on Friday. Let's uh, bring in uh, Rex uh, right now. Uh, Golfchannel.com. Rex Hoggard uh, joins us. Rex, always a pleasure. Thank you for joining us uh, this morning. Thank God there's a little sunshine in New York this morning.
19: I didn't know the sun shone in New York until just this morning. So yeah, it, it was a good day. You woke <laughs> up, saw the sun for for the first time. Someone had to tell me that's what it was. It was it was really a life changing moment.
12: I gotta tell you, like it rains here more than like Seattle. <laughs> like it doesn't it doesn't stop. It was just it's been consistent, consistent. Uh, but so let's get down to business. Um, you know, How much will you know? D- d- there's been so much talk about. Oh, is the weather gonna have an impact on this? It's a pretty ruggish course to begin with, as we've been talking about all week, at the best of times, even in perfect conditions, isn't it, Rex? a tough course to play at the the best of uh, conditions.
19: It might be the hardest major championship golf course. I know we can sit here and debate Oakmont. There's plenty of others. Carnoustie comes to mind for the Open Championship, but it's already one of the most difficult in golf. And you add the fact that Terry Haig from the PGA of America was in here yesterday, and they, they got nearly like two inches of rain over the first 48 hours this week. There was more rain that, that dropped last night, and it's just going to make a very, very, long course play that much longer. And I think it was always going to be sort of a bomber's ballpark. We can narrow the list down of guys that should realistically have a chance this week, but it's even more so now.
13: Yeah, it's funny, Rex. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, I actually grew up in Long Island, and I grew up playing this uh, course and the other courses in, uh, in Bethpage. And we were never allowed carts. Unlike John Daly, we were uh, we always had to walk this course. And I, I used to watch guys, uh, you know, get through eight holes and be like, "I can't do this, man. Like, I, I just I can't." It, it's it's a brutal hilly course. But to your point, if we're looking for if we're looking for a profile of somebody that can win this, how does a guy that's not let's say inside the top 100 in driving distance probably probably not going to have a lot of fun here uh, at Bethpage Black?
19: They're not going to have a lot of fun, and they have to do everything perfectly. I was just actually listening to Jordan speak speak to the media, and uh, he kind of alluded to that. And look, uh, Jordan isn't as short as some people make him out to be. He's very much middle of the road, maybe even better than that, on the PGA Tour when it comes to distance. But even a guy in that category still has to be pretty much perfect with everything else Mm. they do. And we can turn this into a driving contest, but I think if you look at the last two U.S. Opens, that were played here in '02 2 and '09. 9 both of those winners, Tiger Woods in '02, 2 Lucas Glover in 0-9, they, they led the field pretty much in greens and regulation. But to do that, you've got to be in the fairway. You're not going to do that from the rough. So there is a correlation between the two. And if you, you want to go down the list, I mean, take the top 20 guys in driving distance on the PGA Tour, try to figure out which one of those are the most accurate, and those are the guys who probably have the best chance this week.
12: Normally mm. I'm um... – Normally, I'm anti, and I'm not anti him personally, but, and we should note, um, you know, we can uh, wager at FanDuel legally uh, in New Jersey. So, when it comes and we talk about the odds of tournaments, Dustin Johnson's always at the top of the board. And I never think there's value with Dustin Johnson. And I'd like to see more than just one, one major, but everything that you were talking about, Rex and Joe... Dustin Johnson's game is made for this weekend
1: is it I mean
12: doesn't this have DJ just written all over it I mean my question is can Joe and Rex can does he have it can he grind through this on east coast for four days like maybe through some bad weather and some you know a big golf course
19: I mean I think that's a million dollar question yes I think if we're looking at Dustin Johnson you have to Work really, really hard to come up with a reason why he shouldn't be the favorite. And I know we can sit here and talk about Tiger Woods seems to crop up on a lot of people's lists, but it, there is nothing about his game that doesn't fit this golf course. It brought out a great point. He only has one major, which is still very, very good, but there, there isn't really a body of work that would tell you, okay, this is the guy. And if it's not DJ, it's, it's Brooks, right? I mean, it, it, Brooks is just he's a, the trendiest kind of a guy.
12: He's the trendiest guy with like handicappers, racks, and betters and stuff, and sort of. You know, online, you know, the, the the bloggers. He's, I think he's the trendiest golfer this week, Brooks.
19: And for good reason. I mean, he's won three majors. Uh, he's been dominant. He has that DJ type of game. I would lean more towards Brooks just because he's done it. More recently, he's done it on very, very demanding golf courses. Now, you can make, and my colleague at the Golf Channel has done this repeatedly, make arguments that this probably isn't the type of golf course for Brooks because he has not won a major on what really is a tight golf course. If you look at where he's won the major championships, I I don't put much stock in that. I I really think that he is a good driver of the golf ball, and he has the experience. And I don't think anyone, maybe outside of Tiger Woods, has more confidence right now. What about Tiger?
12: Sorry, sorry, Joe. Just throw it out. No, no, go ahead. So, what about Tiger? You know, the the million dollar question. I'm sure you're surprised we didn't start off with Tiger. I wanted to get your take, your guys' take on John Rom too, but. What about Tiger? How do you think uh, he does uh, this weekend? It's the first time he's played, right, since uh, he won. I mean, he hasn't played.
19: He has. I don't think that's going to be an issue. You know, he's caddy. Joe Lacava, talked about it earlier in the week. And I, I would take rest over any kind of repetitions he may have gotten wherever he would have played. Wells Fargo and Charlotte seem to be the obvious choice. But this is a long, hard golf course, and we've seen how it can take a physical toll. So I, I will take rest over anything else. Uh, the one thing that I kind of get hung up on Tiger is, look, his victory at the Masters was impressive. It was historical. There was a lot of words I can put to that. But if you sort of look at it statistically, he ranked 43rd in the field in, in fairways hit. And Augusta's fairways are big, man. The fairways here are not going to be a fraction of that. He's going to have to drive the ball much better if he expects to contend this week.
13: It's funny, Rex, too. You know, if, if, if you haven't been there the crowds that are going to be there over the four days, every one of them is like a club pro. Like they're the, cl- they, they know every shot. Everybody who's there has actually played that course. So <laughs> it makes me wonder about guys like uh, guys like, uh, you know, uh, Gage, John Rahm guys like Bubba Watson, who sometimes don't necessarily have the best guys? demeanor. They're a little <laughs> temperamental and Rex that crowd, they will eat those guys alive. If they show them any weakness, right? It, it's, it's a very unique situation to have a place where the people in attendance actually play it probably more than those guys.
19: Yeah, I mean, just go back to Sergio Garcia just a few years ago when the Open was here. I mean, the crowds were just <laughs> brutal. And, and maybe for all the right reasons, he had the waggle going at that time. And, and I mean, they just, and it, it impacts. Brutal games. is nice. That's there, nice. no a Oh, <laughs> and you know, it's a different kind of crowd. And, and I think it takes a different kind of mentality. I think Brooks had a great comment yesterday about how his argument was it's easy to win major championships because you start this week with 156 players he kind of cut them in half that look only half that really have the skills to beat me and then you kind of cut those in half because they may not like the golf course they may not be in the best of form whatever the case may be and that only leaves like 20 25 guys for me to beat and of those there's going to be some that don't like that crowd noise there's going to be some mm-hmm. who don't like to be yelled at in the middle of their backswing and we saw that with sergio <laughs> we'll see that again this year like Phil loves it. Like, Phil Mickelson is embraced by this crowd, and, and he gets the love back. And for whatever reason, this is something that inspires him. You've got to be a guy that's inspired by it. Because if it bugs you at all, you don't have a chance.
7: Yeah. Well, yeah. Welcome
12: to New York and East Coast. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> all right. And yeah,
12: these guys are all like Florida, Arizona. we will eat stuff, them alive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, uh, Rex, before we get you out, we got a couple of minutes. So, who are you looking at, uh, Rex? Who are a couple of guys? Um... Uh, to me, it's just so tough. It seems like everybody's a contender this week. I'm really, I'm really having a hard time sort of dialing in on anybody. John Rom is a guy that I do like, but I'm worried about, as Joe just mentioned, can he go through four days of not melting down out here? I'm sort of buying into DJ. I don't love the odds. Um, Rex, who do you like this week? Who are like one or two guys you're looking at to win this weekend?
19: I like Rom. I think that's a very good pick. He is an emotional player, and and there's a lot of emotion out here. So it could go one way or the other really, really quick for John, let's be honest. He can get going sideways, and he's not good at hiding his feelings, and I think the crowd would feed on that. Uh, The guy that really sticks up, and and he would be probably a, a very quality pick simply because of the odds on him, is a guy like Keith Mitchell. He's won already this year. He is crazy long off the tee, and he's playing very, very good. And I kind of equate him to where maybe Lucas Glover was ten years ago when he won here, when he won the U.S. Open here, where he kind of came in under the radar, he didn't get bothered by much, and he had plenty of length. I really put him in kind of in that category. So he's one of the guys I'm really looking at.
7: Yeah, like
19: Don't forget, Y.E. Yang won the Honda Classic I think
13: ten years is uh, ten years ago, and then parlayed it into a PGA Championship. Keith Mitchell, Honda Classic winner this year, uh, maybe history repeats itself. What about Tony now? Wow, you
12: read my mind, Joe. Tony Finau and Jason yeah. Day were the two guys I wanted to throw out there. We had Jason on uh, yeah. uh, last week or a couple of days ago, actually, say, what about Tony Finau? He's been catching my eye, too, Joe. And uh, So what's your take, Rex?
19: Uh, I think when you look at what he did at the Masters this year, and he came up short, everyone came up short to Tiger, and I, I, he was kind of smiling afterwards, and I don't blame him because, I mean, we were all kind of part of a very special moment in the <laughs> sport, but I, I never really thought that, he had what it took to win a major championship. He's a very, very good player. He's proven himself on a lot of different venues, but it's a different animal when you get to a major. He really proved to me at the Masters with that really inspired run coming down the stretch against Tiger, no less. Four top
12: in majors no in a row, guys, for, for Tony. Yeah. I didn't realize that either. Lazy. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's been consistent, but can he get over that hump? And what about Jason Day's game seems to be all over the place, but it seems like anytime Jason shows up, he's capable of winning, Rex.
19: And he's won this tournament before. He's won on these types of golf courses before. It does fit his game. He is more kind of a northern golf course kind of guy, and uh, he would be a, a good pick. I, I'm not quite sure his game's trending exactly where you would want it to be
20: exactly. coming into
19: this particular major, but it's, yeah, he's it's, it's, it's not a bad pick, but i put him a little bit further down on my list than some of the guys we've mentioned already. How about the pairings, Tiger and Kupka,
13: Thursday and Friday? I mean, you know, he, he was in front of them at the Masters. He's going to be alongside him here, Kupka, alongside Tiger. It's going to be amazing to watch.
19: It is going to be fun. And in a weird way, Brooke loves to, to play with a chip on his shoulder. And, and this is when he plays his best. Like I talked about my colleague, Brando Chambly. And he loves that. I mean, he, he loves the outside noise. He loves people telling him he can't do it. As we pointed out, the galleries are brutal here. He's with Tiger. He is clearly going to be an afterthought. I think that's only going to help Brooks. Mm.
12: You know, yep. as we were talking about, we we're going to wrap it up in, in about a minute uh, here. There's, even though there's so many names we could throw out there, to me, there's just so many guys that are capable of winning. Like, we didn't even talk about Molinari. Uh, we didn't talk about Tommy Fleetwood. And another guy, Patrick Cantley. I mean, to me, it's just there's so many – that's what makes it interesting this week. You know, There's a lot of guys in contention uh, this week, in my opinion.
19: Uh, I've got a friend of mine on tour. He works with a lot of players. He's kind of a statistician. And when it comes to picks, he's proven very, very good, like like crazy good. Like he, who does he have? He's beat me pretty much every <laughs> – he went with Cantlay. Oh. And it, it kind of surprised me a little bit. And, and I was a little surprised because Cantlay has been so up and down this season. This season he can have a good week, but then he seems to fall off the map the next week. But he he seems to love him. I I think that could be a very handsome pick.
12: I like where you're going with that, Rex. Just played it, Rex. Way to go, man. Thank you for the time. Senior writer, golfchannel.com. Rex, thanks for the time, Rex. Hey,
19: boys.
10: BRAIN DANCE! make it rain. The minute that
13: uh, it was announced to Pelicans, he was obviously not happy. He was really hoping for the Knicks like everybody else, but that didn't come to fruition and who knows? Could Zion's people turn around and be like, yeah, trade us uh, because we're not coming to play for uh, New Orleans. I don't know if we've ever had that in basketball. It's kind of a
10: football thing. Could Zion be the guy to start that trend? Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers.
4: I weigh 329 pounds. I was
10: full-time fantasy so i should go root for the browns now because they're on the upswing and no. they're doing things right
13: and i should go join the millions of people who are all putting the over bets on the browns this year it's not
16: that's not how, the, that's not the, the giants work. trade their best player bringing a quarterback that they should never have taken who was, who was being t-
10: uh, looked at as a tight end from some franchises are you expected to like that for the next 10 years as a giant fan you can do what you want but then don't go i'm out. just saying team that win weekdays 2 to 4 p.m eastern on the fantasy sports network and on your popular podcast providers
12: Morning after. That's good stuff, Rex. Uh, it's just, you know, I, I brought it up to, uh, to Rex that, you know, it's legal. You'll hear me say that to guests. Hey, it's legal here. And, uh, you know, I don't want to think that, you know, some people get put off by that, right? Not yeah. everyone thinks like Joe Ranieri asking NCAA coaches, um, hey, you going to cover the point spread, coach? <laughs> <That's> the <laughs> <message>. <laughs> tell the coach, tell us, what's, tell what's tell us about, you, you know. know Who's the most important players to you? I'm doing the standard. You know who's yeah. <laughs> who's a, who's an underrated player, coach we should keep our eye on.
1: Citizens
2: ...not to travel to Iraq, saying there's a high risk for violence and kidnapping. The department also ordering all non-emergency U.S. government employees to leave that country as tensions are mounting between the U.S. and Iran. Any employees working in the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad and a consulate in northern Iraq have been instructed to leave at once. Live streaming rules are being changed at Facebook after the deadly New Zealand mosque massacre that was broadcast online. Starting today, users who break serious Facebook policies will automatically be banned from live streaming for at least 30 days. The ACLU says it will sue Alabama if a bill that would ban nearly all abortions becomes law. It won final passage last night, and the Alabama Republican Governor Kay Ivey is now expected to sign it. And this is USA Radio News.
9: How to get a healthy smile? Celebrity dentist Dr. Daniel Nason says it starts with taking care of your enamel.
15: Over time, acids in our diet, such as citrus, seltzer, green juices, vinegar, and wine, can weaken our enamel through a process called
10: What the f*** happened last night? You find out the morning after. Let's do this thing.
12: Morning after. Continues, we're to level two, fantasy sports, radio networks, sports byline, everything, uh, everything else in between. I am uh, Gabriel Brent He said, the Milwaukee Bucks, we haven't even gotten to this. Milwaukee Bucks and the Toronto Raptors. Uh, game one of the Eastern Conference uh, Finals uh, tonight. Some interesting comments. Basically, yesterday, Joe, was throw the Boston Celtics under the bus day. I don't know if you caught Terry Rozier's ESPN media tour, <laughs> which he did. Gary Rozier was in on like a bunch of ESPN shows yesterday. He was hanging out like at their studios in New York all day. And it was actually pretty damn entertaining. Just because like I don't I can't believe that his agent or somebody didn't tell him. Like, bro, you can't talk honestly about every player in the NBA. (laughs) Like, you've only been in the league, like you can't do this. So he threw everybody under the bus. Yep. And not like, oh, I'm the best and everyone sucks, but like it, it was the most fascinating thing. Like, if you ever wanted guys to imagine, like, you know, and I've, I've had the opportunity to do it, where you sit down with a guy it's off the record. You're partying with a guy, and you can ask him, what's the deal with that teammate? And he'll tell you how oh, this guy, or, you know, they'll say, oh, this guy's got, like, three mistresses, and it's white. Like him. So, you know, mm-hmm. hiding, you find out a lot of stuff about people. But Rozier was just basically... They're like, so is Kyrie Irving a bad teammate? He's like, yes, he is. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, yeah, he is. They're like, yeah. They're like, what happened against the Milwaukee Bucks? Uh, They're like, you know, you won the first game, and then, you know, you fell apart after. He goes, well, their coaches adjusted, and our coaches just didn't and couldn't figure out how to beat their coaches. And they're saying, they're like, so you're saying that Brad Stevens got out coach? He's like, yeah, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Like, it was one by one. (laughs) You know what I mean? You
13: got to appreciate the honesty, man. Each
12: guy, the only guys that he didn't have a beef with were basically Brown and Tatum. He was like, nah, they're sort of caught up in the same games that we were. He basically Mm. said that Gordon Hayward is Brad Stevens' teacher's pet. uh, is is terrible. uh, Ruined the chemistry of the team. Kyrie Irving ruined the chemistry of the team. Like, Oh, which is true, Uh, Joe. We know all this.
13: Exactly.
12: He just admitted (laughs) it. Like I said, don't even go back to get your stuff, bro. Like, they'll mail it to you. Like, you're
15: done.
3: youth to 321-321. That's Y-O-U-T-H to 321-321.
6: Searching for an outdoor oasis but don't have time to catch a flight? Join us in the heart of Midtown at Versa, packed with good vibes, great views, and service unmatched. Fully stocked with five bars throughout the venue. Aside from our stellar dining menu, Tuesday through Friday, our culinary team has curated a delectable rotation of food activations to be featured on our patio from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Join us for non-stop fun on one of New York City's largest patios as rooftop season is finally
15: Call 888-400-435. 888-400-435. Andro400.com.
12: I'm a fan of the TV show uh, Seinfeld? Raneri?
13: They grew up with that.
12: I figured, yeah, I figured you would, uh, you would like uh, Seinfeld. So you remember the, uh, remember the episode when Elaine uh, tests positive for uh, opium because she's uh, the poppy seeds.
13: Yes. <laughs>
12: yes. You can't go to Africa with the Bushman because, like, he's like, like <laughs> you're addicted to heroin. Like. That's right. Uh, you're a smackhead. <laughs> so, yeah, I didn't grab the paper actually, uh, but I saw it this morning and I just, uh, so I clicked on it now. We'll get to the phone lines in a second, but it's actually happened in real life, Joe. It actually happened in real life. A woman had child services called on her and stuff and investigated as being a bad mother. Mm. Um, so she says, I just want to know that this can happen to anybody. Elizabeth Dominguez from New York City uh, just went through an experience that uh, caused her to be separated from her newborn baby. Wow. Dominguez stated that when she went into labor and was asked for a urine sample, uh huh. When doctors arrived with the results, she was informed that she tested positive for opiates. She, oh. she then called her husband, worried, saying, "How is this possible? I don't do drugs." But soon she discovered the truth. It was all the blame on the bagel she ate before going into labor. Oh. Damn. You know, this is po- like, dude, like, I got, I, I, you know what? I eat. I've eaten a lot of bagels before. Poppy seed, Joe. <laughs>
13: everything everything bagels will do it to you every yeah, time really?
12: man
13: yeah
1: yeah
12: like if somebody told yeah. me like yeah yeah i failed a drug test cuz i ate a bagel i'd be like yeah hey, you watch too mm-hmm. much seinfeld bro you know,
1: yeah like, exactly. like, i can't believe this yeah. is a
12: true story um because poppy seeds are actually linked with the plant consuming large amounts of them can cause a person to test positive for drugs
13: mm-hmm. mix in a cinnamon raisin next time all right you got I mean, to take a test without
12: a lie I actually had a poppy seed bagel yesterday, toasted with cream cheese.
13: Straight poppy, you went.
12: And I actually oh, uh, probably smoked yesterday too, so it's a combination of them both.
13: <laughs> oh yeah, that's not a good. Uh, thank goodness nobody's, nobody's <laughs> so giving you a cup. So telling
12: people are all walking around like positive, like NFL drug tests, because they're eating bagels. Like how come yeah. we weren't warned that bagels are evil and a detriment?
13: Why don't NFL players use that? Be like, oh, man, I don't know what happened. It was... Bagel. I like bagel and cream cheese in the morning. I gotta... Yeah. But, so your bagel's made with Adderall? I I don't know how it happened. I don't don't know what happened, man. All right, so the
12: damage was done. The hospital was forced then to call Child Protection Services. Oh, boy. Moments after giving birth, she was forced to be separated from her newborn baby. Oh. Which I'm not a mother, but I think that's probably traumatic and stuff like that.
13: Like... Yeah, Think.
12: Yeah, like and she's for screaming, it's a bagel. Like,
13: it's a bagel. <laughs> um, um, I'm, 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 I'm suing.
1: <laughs> like,
12: yeah. We're like that. Yep. Forget about like, the lady that hit me with the baseball bat. It's like, listen, lady, I'm going to deal with your husband with this later. Like, I'm going to tell him, you got to right. buy me Dallas Cowboy tickets. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think your wife <laughs> yeah. hit me with a bat, you jackass, because you know they know each other, probably live down the street. Um, this one, I'm totally on her side. You ripped yes. her newborn baby out of uh, after because she ate a bagel.
13: Yeah. And I get protocol, but if you're in the medical field, right? Like, Aren't you asking her, like, what's going on here? And if she explains it to you, Can aren't tell? you? Yeah, she's
12: not a crackhead, boss. Yeah. Like, she's, yeah. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs>
13: exactly. Like, the baby's not a junkie, so probably not her. I'm uh, just uh, saying, you know. Uh, uh, I mean, uh. you would think the medical professionals would be uh, a little bit more prepared to handle that.
12: So, if you're thinking about having a poppy seed bagel today, don't do it. Or, better yet, and I shouldn't say this, but whatever. We like to keep it real here. Um. If you're going to, instead of a poppy seed bagel, just do drugs. Yeah. You're test positive anyways. Like, if I'm going to test positive for drugs, I might as well just do cocaine. <laughs> then at least get high on,
13: like, better than a bagel rush. Yeah, that's all. You know what I'm saying? You know, like if prep the, the right way. the
12: same, yeah, just do heroin instead.
13: I'm going to get screwed either way, so at least if I'm going I'm out to If I'm positive for
12: heroin off a of poppy seed, I might as well just do the real thing, Joe.
13: Hello, hello. If that's the choice,
12: I like though that they're screwing this lady because she ate a bagel. Meanwhile, down the hall in this hospital, you know, they're feeding soccer moms full of pills. Hey, oh, here's your Percocet, yes. Mrs. Jones.
13: Yeah, exactly. Here's your here's your Vicodin. <laughs>
12: yeah, hey, oh, honestly. Yeah. Please give me. Oh, a you need another? <laughs> like, i you. I'm need with, more I'm Xanax? No problem. I'm with you. Like, how <laughs> stupid are these nurses <laughs> that did? Exactly. Like, like really, guys? Like, really? You like? I don't know. Well, uh, anyways, let's bring in spending. the mad.
13: medical. Per- Fashion. That's in what you Spenny do. Spenny Mack
12: right now. He's all hopped up on <laughs> poppy seeds. What's up, Spenny Ooh. Mac?
22: Spenny. Hey, how's it going, guys?
12: Good stuff, Spenny. So bring it on, Spenny. Bring it on. What do you got for us? Let's do this thing. Make the cut
22: parlay. Yeah, so the, the make slash miss the cut parlay, we got 10 guys on there uh, to make. We got Brooks Koepka, uh, Alexander Shifley. Yes. Tommy Fleetwood, Hideki Matsuyama, Patrick Cantley, Tony Finau, and Webb Simpson. And on the miss side Ooh, we're going against I like Jason. them all. What hold Jason. on,
12: Joe Joe. Like I'm yeah. all in right now, yeah. but as well what about Webb? Did that last one scare you, Joe?
13: Uh, Webb scares me. Yes. Cause I just, I don't know if he's, uh, if he's long enough off the tee to be able, but I mean, this is make the cut, right? Not win. This is, this yeah, is to not the top 10. The
12: only thing is all those other guys yes. seem like stone cold locks. I like where you're going with this. All right. All right. Yes. He's,
22: like- he's definitely a shorter hitter at 166th uh, rank, but he's uh fourth in scrambling. So I like that. And he can grind out some okay. pars there and hopefully get a few birdies and stay within the uh, cut line. So all right. Uh, on the Myth side we're going against uh Jason Duffner, Shane Lowry, and Brandon Grace, who all check out in the uh bottom eight percent of scrambling on the PJ tour rank, which I, I put as a key stat this week. So going against those guys who can put up some pretty big numbers on some uh on hold. So
12: I think the last time I bet to miss the cut, uh Patrick Reed finished in fourth place or something. <laughs>
16: <laughs> sometimes that happens. Uh, it yeah, just sometimes that happens. Yeah.
12: All right, so and so how much did you put on to make the cut?
22: Uh the make and miss cut parlay is uh thirty four hundred and forty eight dollars to pay just over 155000 hundred and fifty five thousand Canadian. Damn, okay. Nice. Uh
12: he's not playing around, Joe. That's a lot of poppy
22: seeds. So I do I do, yeah, <laughs> A lot of bagels. I do suggest if you put these bets in, uh, the max bet was thirteen hundred and thirty-three dollars. Uh, take a screenshot of that when you're doing this, when you have your parlay up. And then what they do is when you hit to place the bet for the additional amount, they'll say that they're going to refer you to uh, refer you to a trader. Take a screenshot of that. They go to the mm. trader, it starts spinning. Take a screenshot of that when it goes through and it's confirmed. Take a screenshot of that just to cover your ass, just in case they don't want to pay you out on this.
13: Interesting. Okay.
12: Yeah, yeah. And what about? Let me ask you that too, because haven't you seen this before, Joe? Too, like a lot of sports books, the fine print, it'll say, yeah, we're not paying more than fifty thousand dollars on any winner. Like a lot of books have that. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah you won one hundred and eighty. Here's your fifty k. Like race, some race tracks will sort of limit it. You've never had that problem, right? With uh, when it was with Bet three six five, you bet with, right?
22: I've never had that problem. Um, I've been paid out. Uh, my highest one was seventy-six thousand seven hundred on college football. Um, I'm not oh, too scared. They're a reputable site. You yeah, look no, no, Denise they're Coast publicly traded. No,
12: I'm not saying. No, I'm not saying they yeah. would rip you off. I'm just stating that there's sort of a like redefined print policy type of thing. But it yeah, it just yeah, happened they, at a William Hill. It,
13: yeah, it yeah, just, just happened Joe at William Hill. They said, no, Reno. no,
12: we're not paying you more than seventy-two thousand dollars or something, right?
13: Yeah, the guy the guy won six hundred thousand dollars on uh, in trifectas and superfectas in the Derby, but they don't have a license with the they're not a uh, paramutual, so they don't share in the you know in yeah, the pool with yeah, exactly. with the, the track. So he didn't read the fine print where it's one hundred and twenty five to one. <laughs> like, I was going to say I was going to
12: say that Joe, good call that horse racing because yep. it's horse racing. Yep. You're right. Because I remember yep. my buddy saying yep. that thing. He he was gonna bet and he he actually won, but he bet, and everything, when he would have won, it was like $84,000. And I remember him saying, he goes, oh, wait, wait, wait. He goes, put $2,000 less. Because he goes, they won't pay more than fifty-six or something. You know what I mean? He That's knew. That's right. He yep. goes, max out whatever they'll it, pay up to 56000 And it was horse racing. You're right, Joe.
22: Yep. If you look at Bet365s with their golf maximums, uh, they pay up to 500,000 British sterling pounds, which is about 865,000 Canadian. So I think uh, you will that total. Why, <laughs> you are covered.
12: Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not like you, Spenny. I don't have to. I've never been concerned. You guys pay 800k. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Thanks, Spenny. Yeah. Good luck, brother.
22: Good luck. Yeah. Man. Take care, boys. Take care. Bye.
17: Not too long ago, it felt good to withdraw your cash from the bank, didn't it, for a vacation or a new car? But today, withdrawing your own cash has become risky. So please, get and read The Secret War. Pick up your phone and call right now.
0: 800-932-5517. 800-932-5517. 800-932-5517. Once again, that's 800-932-5517. At 28,
10: I had struggled with opiate
0: That's
13: 800-847-1183. All right, hump day people here in the morning after. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Much to get to, including uh, tonight's Eastern Conference. Game one, Milwaukee, Toronto. We'll talk about that. But first, let's check in with Gabe, see who he's yelling at today to get off his damn lawn. Hey,
1: you kids. Get off my lawn.
12: Crazy night last night in the National Basketball Association. The lottery uh, delivered insanity and it also delivered Zion Williamson to the New Orleans uh, Pelicans. Uh, But I'm not going to be telling anybody to get off my lawn as far as the NBA lottery was concerned. There's a lot of talk coming in that these things are rigged. And I'll tell you, not for a second did I think that yesterday's lottery was going to be rigged. But I will tell you that I do believe firmly that it was rigged. In 1985, I think they did rig it in 1985, uh, but last night, if they were going to rig it, trust me, the New Orleans Pelicans wouldn't have uh, have won the lottery, and if uh, they were going to rig it, Memphis wouldn't have been the second pick uh, to to win the lottery, and that's exactly what happened uh, last night. All right, uh, so what I am going to vent about last night, though, in the National Basketball Association, you know, there's a lot of things to love about the NBA. Uh, To me, it's the best-run league. It's the funnest league. It delivers more than any other league on an entertainment and excitement uh, level than any other league does. But it doesn't mean it's perfect. And sometimes, you know, you have to intervene with people that you love. And I'm going to, you know, my problem is right now it's pointless. Not that uh, it ever matters what I say anyways. But it's even more pointless because this is the way that it's always been. It's not like a new phenomenon right now. But it's very, very annoying in the National Basketball Association that they just don't call the game fairly. And I'm not talking about Tim Donaghy. I'm not talking about corruption. I'm not talking about manipulation. I'm not, I'm not talking about referees making money in betting and mob. And you know, you know, a lot of times when people talk about bad referees, they just sort of, they don't really think, think it through. But we all know the NBA has always been a star-driven league, all right? But at some point, you have to show respect to the other players in the league and not just the star players. Last night was a classic example uh, of this. As the Portland Blazers players were absolutely freaking mugged, mugged. And, you know, Johnny Jackass out there, and there's a lot of you, Johnny Jackass is going to say, oh, look at the fouls. Oh, they had more fouls than the other team did. You know what? Good referees, they understand how how to monitor that, and they understand how at the end of the night to say, how can you say I was biased against one team when this team had more penalties called against them or they had more fouls called against them? Well, what about the fouls that weren't called or what about the fouls that were called on the other team? Last night, the Golden State Warriors realized something. They realize that this jackass officiating crew that should be forced to eat a jack-in-the-box for the next six months, uh, they realize, basically, they're not going to do anything. They're, they're, they, they're not going to do anything. This goes back to the Seattle uh, Seahawks' way of playing football years ago, in which they actually perfected it, and it was smart. They realize, you know what? If we pass interfere on every play, they're not going to call it every play. And while we might get burnt for like three, four pass interference penalties through the game, it's worth it because we interfered with them about 122 times. It's sort of like uh, drug dealers, all right? I'll let you in on a little secret. What they'll do basically is they'll let one truck get arrested. Ah, let the DA have their press conference. You know, they leave it behind and essentially the other 18 trucks go right on through. that's exactly what they do in the National Basketball Association. But it's getting freaking old, man. It's just, it's getting old. I mean, yeah, the Golden State Warriors are the best team in the league. And the Golden State Warriors are the the champions. But, you know, make them actually freaking earn it and defend it, man. All right? Every time somebody on the Portland Trailblazers steps within two feet of Steph Curry, it's not a foul. And yes, when Draymond Green... Starts hacking people, it is a foul. The only thing more annoying than this stupid star star system in the NBA, because every game is different. Well, he's a bigger star than this guy, and he gets the credit for this. Just call the game equally, man. You want to screw someone over, do it at the end of the game, whatever. Pinch them. But overall, it's just it's it's almost unwatchable because you know it's like what it's like watching the Globetrotters and the freaking Generals, man. Like watching Monday Night Raw when Earl Hebner is looking around everywhere. Like, the, the officials suck in the NBA. I try to defend you guys, and I love the league, but you're honestly, like, what's your deal? You're, you have know, the NBA are officials. You guys in the NBA, your referees, you're either number one, you're either corrupt, okay? You're Tim Donahue. You're betting on games. I don't believe that. Number two, you're incredibly stupid. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I don't think you're stupid men. Number three, you're manipulating games for television purposes, for star purposes, for vindictive purposes. Ding, 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 ding. And you notice, back to Philadelphia, every one of these crap-ass crony referees in the NBA, where are they from? Philadelphia. It's like there's a little, like, clown college that they're spitting out dumbass referees from in that place. But it's, it's too much. It's it's very disturbing, and it gets annoying. You know, when you watch, we get it, all right? If I wanted to watch a competition where the good guy wins in the end all the time, I'll watch wrestling, which, incidentally, nobody is anymore, all right? Yeah, it's, it's whatever, man. Get the hell off my lawn with this crap. And while I'm at it, the only thing more annoying than watching Steph Curry get every damn call is watching Steph Curry chew on his mouthpiece like a two-year-old. Come on, bro. I like you, Curry. You're a smart guy. You're an intelligent guy. Figure it out, man. Stop walking around like a dumbass chewing on your freaking mouthpiece because nobody wants to see it. Get the hell off my lawn. Hey, you kids.
13: 22, uh, 22 points is what the victory was last night by the Golden State Warriors. And, uh, you know, Portland didn't seem to be getting actually any calls uh, going their way. But uh, it certainly, uh, they also helped Steph Curry by allowing him to chew on that damn mouthpiece. Uh, wide open most of the mouthpiece. night. Yeah, I know, Joe, really
12: and I'm, I'm not saying <laughs> that the game was decided by that.
13: But, no, no. But no. you're right. You're right. There is an absolute biasness. Uh, And it was evident last night. I wonder if it'll switch when it goes to Portland.
12: Like, like last night, there was a time, dude. The kid, uh, Zach Collins, he's on the baseline. He gets bumped out of bounds, okay? Crushed. Like, he gets, like, sort of, like, hip-checked by Draymond. Like, Draymond basically just, like, pushed him. And I'm like, wow, that's got to be a foul. So, Collins drops the ball when he gets pushed. It goes out of bounds. They call it out of bound turnover.
13: (laughs) So, uh, yep, absolutely. You see, like, <laughs> yep. like some and no review stuff,
12: bro. Like it was yep. – and like I said, Joe, and, and the common man will look and go, what are you talking about, the fels recall or whatever? And you know it, Joe. It's when you call them. It's what you don't call. And you also know that these NBA referees have been around long enough that they know how to make the box score look
13: good. That's correct. And it's funny because in the last series – Curry found himself in foul trouble, like, every game. It's <laughs> interesting. Like, you notice that? He was in foul trouble every damn game yeah, right. against, John, yep. against Harden and company, and we're like, you know, like, you got to stop fouling people here. Like, and now all of a sudden, first game last night, you're going, well, he got away with pretty much everything he didn't get away with in the Houston series last exactly night.
12: Exactly right. It was almost there was some sort of, because I guess Houston are a bigger star power. I don't know. Yeah. I'd like yep. to really sit down. So, like I said, though, it's got to be one or something, Joe. You're either incompetent, yep. corrupt, stupid, or if this is deliberate, right? It's not like honestly, let's go down the list. I don't think they're I don't think they're throwing games, Joe. I don't I think any of these referees bet on the game last night. So throw that out there. For the NBA, I'm not accusing you. I'm not saying this. Are the referees that bad? I don't think so. You know what I mean? Like, and I realized this with the Scott Foster stuff when we talked about it last week. When people are like, this guy's the worst referee in the league. And every player says this. Yet then you look at his bio you know, three NBA finals, NBA All Star game, mm-hmm. you know, Olympics, this, you know, all the you know, big stuff tournaments. And then I'm thinking to myself, Joe, I'm like, is he the worst referee in the league? Or is he the best referee that does exactly what the league wants? And that's why he does these games, right? like you know people nope. think, oh he's stupid no he's not stupid but dude remember we had the head of the the former head of the nfl officials on and i said to a member of joe and i asked him i said what happens when you're in the hood and you're looking at the camera and you disagree with it <laughs> I you said, better can not you tell them i said can <laughs> you tell them i don't want to do this it's not it's the bad call <laughs> He goes, not if you want to keep your job. Remember
13: he said that? Mary's yeah. like, you could, but yeah. it's not recommended. Yeah, he goes, you <laughs> could. You yeah. could. He goes, you could, but yeah, he goes, I yeah. wouldn't. Yeah. Not recommended. No. It's basically, yeah. it's like, all right, they tell you. Yeah. That's a mm-hmm. foul. Yeah.
12: And I don't know. I guess it's like life, Joe. Some guys will go along with it, right, and figure, well, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to do the finals this year and screw my integrity. Mm-hmm. But I guess in any line of work, you know, you deal with this. But it's supposed Correct. to be sports, Joe. It's just, I get, like, officiating is never going to be perfect. I get that star players will sometimes get a benefit of the doubt. But to me, it's just, it's beyond comedy now, Joe, in the NBA. It's
13: yeah, so yep, obvious. Yeah, it's, yep. And it's also, uh, it's way more talked about, too, now uh, It's than it's ever been before, too. Because whether it's by accident, it's not, it is, it's glaring these days. Because of everyone pointing it out, being like, did you, like, how do you go from being one of the most, the guy that's committing the most fouls to all of a sudden, not one whistle blown on you last night and you're doing the same game, you're playing the same damn game. How does that happen? They, yeah,
12: yeah, they, they realized, they realized it's like the Seattle thing. They're like, they're not going to call us. Just, you know, hack away, hack away. All right. Hang in there, Bobby Boston. Get back to the phone lines. I believe we've got David Cohn coming up next though. Nice. Uh, but we'll get uh, we'll get to Bob. We got David Cohn, Yeah, we got uh, five-time World Series champion and Bob.
23: <laughs> if you've heard of WeatherTech floor liners, you probably know that for your vehicle's floor, nothing protects better. But what about protection for the rest of your car or truck? I'm David McNeil, founder of WeatherTech. Besides our floor liners, we design, engineer, and manufacture a wide range of automotive accessories right here in America. And just like our floor liners. Learn more about our full line of automotive accessories at WeatherTech.com or call 1 800 CarMats, WeatherTech.com. Proudly made in America.
0: dot com.
1: BRAIN DANCE!
13: Make it rain. The minute oh. that uh, it was announced the Pelicans, he was obviously not happy. He was really hoping for the Knicks like everybody else, but that didn't come to fruition. And who knows? Could Zion's people turn around and be like, yeah, trade us uh, because we're not coming to play for uh, New Orleans. I don't know if we've
10: ever had that in basketball. It's kind of a football thing. Could Zion be the guy to start that trend? Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. <laughs>
1: Hmm.
13: Yes, I am. All right, guys. Uh, Quick question here, though, Gabe, uh, for you here. Dude, I don't know if you and this is your neck of the woods, but Vlad Guerrero Jr. smashed his uh, first two homers of the year last night. He had three hits, four ribbies last night, and uh, I bet you anything. A lot of you who probably weren't using DailyRoto.com didn't have them in the Fantasy Optimizer. You probably missed out, and that's where you went wrong. So our suggestion is swing for the fences so you don't miss out on another like that playing Daily Fantasy Baseball with DailyRoto.com. You can become the eighth daily Roto lineup optimizer unit to win a million dollars in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament. Or you can become one of the countless number of people with one thousands of dollars. So if you are playing MLB DFS and you're not using DailyRoto.com, stop what you're doing right now. Head over, DailyRoto.com, enter the promo code FNTSY, 10% discount, you'll get the lineup alerts, the ownership percentages, weather updates, fantasy projections, and... You get to use those daily lineup optimizers that have produced millions in DFS winnings. It's the 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package, DailyRoto.com, promo code FNTSY. Get that 10% discount today. All right, we'll get to that Vladimir Guerrero uh, Jr. stuff.
12: Yeah. Uh, Goes deep and then goes deep uh, again. But uh, let's bring in a man who was one of the best big game uh, pitchers, uh, one of the winningest uh, players in baseball history, a five-time World Series champion. Full count: The education of a pitcher uh, by uh, David uh, Cohn is uh, has been uh, released, and I'm fascinated by the excerpts uh, that I've read uh, so far. And I'm not just saying this. Let's bring in uh, David Cohn. David, good morning. I know you're uh, you're busy this morning. Thanks for joining us, man.
24: No, thank you, Gabe. Good to be on with you.
12: Uh, I'm enjoying I'm enjoying your work uh, this year, and I always uh, I always have. We're in Studio 34, in Midtown Manhattan, uh, right now. So, Dave, I'll start off with. You know, I've read a lot of biographies, man, and being in this business, I've gotten the ball, and normally, well, I grew up on a farm in Iowa, and my father taught me this value, and and you went a little di- different traditional route. It was, you know, it was fascinating to read just basically your your honesty about the, the psychological struggles and battles of being a professional athlete and specifically a pitcher at, you know, how did, you know, when when you were, I'm going to write a book. Did you say, you know what, I'm going to dig down deep and I'm going to share what my feelings were as opposed to just telling some anecdotes and mailing it in a little bit. But uh, brilliant job from what I've read so far, Dave.
24: Well, thanks, Gabe. I appreciate that. Yeah, that really was the goal. I mean, when I got together with Jack Curry, who's a great writer with the New York Times for several years, uh, he's a friend of mine. So there, there was a real trust factor there that I could kind of peel back some layers and tell the truth, tell the truth about... A lot of the mistakes I made along the way, some of the some of the drugs I got in in the minor leagues, and being around the Royals, and when when that team got busted, and several players ended up going to jail, and uh, and then the minor league days, how tough that can be, and then even through when I threw a perfect game for the Yankees, how uh, there was a lot of doubt in my mind, uh, uncertainty and anxiety, and uh, it's okay to show that. It's okay to rely on your catcher. And I think that's one of the the best chapters in the book is about a pitcher catcher relationship and how. Pitchers can be kind of flaky, and uh, we can lose our minds on the mound sometimes, and a good catcher can can really be the most important thing for for a pitcher when you're going through those things.
12: A lot like talk show hosts, right? We can be flaky and lose our mind, and and I guess always think you're right. I guess is that a key as as a five-time champion, and as a pitcher, you're out there by yourself, so to speak, but to be a champion and I guess to be successful in life almost, you have to trust your teammates, don't you, David? You have to have trust well, that they're really going to do. do the right thing for you as well. That You know what? He's calling his pitch because he knows it's the right pitch.
24: Exactly. You know, and the pitcher and the, and the catcher relationship is like a dance. You know, sometimes the catcher leads. Sometimes the pitcher uh, will take the lead. And you need to have that real – common denominator of trust between each other and the you know when Joe Girardi was my catcher with the Yankees he could just read my body language he could look in my eyes and tell what pitch I wanted to throw and therefore the the timing and the rhythm of of pitching was never disrupted and you know that's the worst thing for a pitcher is if you can't get on the same page with your catcher and and then the frustration starts to mount and then the anxiety comes and then the next thing you know the pitcher blows up on the mound and then and you're out of the game but before you knew what hit you.
13: You know, David, one of the things that uh, that I always loved and admired about you is that, you know, you weren't you weren't the same pitcher in your 20s that you were in your 30s. And a lot of guys in your generation, they evolved. They learned how to pitch. And, you know, today we've got uh, we've got starters who are coming out of the bullpen uh, that are going to pitch two innings. drives me absolutely crazy, (laughs) because I think in the game today, David, We've lost the art of teaching these kids how to pitch. You know, the CC Sabathias, like, he's out there grinding every day. He's not the same pitcher he was five, six years ago, but yet here he is dominating because he's a pitcher. He's learned how to evolve, how to pitch. What are your feelings about the state of the game today? Have we lost our way as far as teaching these guys how to be pitchers?
24: Well, it's a great point. And, you know, we talk a lot about this in the book as well, uh, is about the transition that you have to make uh, when when your skills diminish, when your fastball goes downhill and your slider doesn't break as quickly. you, You have to learn the finesse game. And The difference between my era and today is that I was allowed to throw 125, 130 pitches. And there was a stretch where I averaged 130 pitches a game. So I knew those last 30 pitches were going to have to be more in the finesse style. I was going to have to change speeds. I was going to have to drop arm angles. I was going to have to figure out a way or or invent a pitch and try to trick a hitter. And that's something that's just not going to be allowed today. I think the medical data and the trainers in the game today they know that when a pitcher gets fatigued is when he's most susceptible to injury. So they're just not going to allow their pitchers to get to that area, and they're going to take him out of the games. And therefore that, that, uh, that learning time, that time when you really learn about yourself and push yourself to the maximum and, and learn how to be more creative is just is just a lost art it's just, it's, it's just the nature of the game and then you have a lot of flamethrowers in the bullpen nowadays. You have so many hard throwers and so many choices for managers to bring into the game that uh, you know they are almost mandated to go to the bullpen earlier because of the talent level in the bullpens.
12: Uh, David Cohn uh, with us uh, have only got a couple of minutes uh, left uh, i can't wait to uh, to read uh, this book um, yeah, but share with us the uh, – I read the, the anecdote about you pranking Mr. George Steinbrenner, which not a lot of people uh, can get away with doing, David, but <laughs> you could. So you're playing the Mets, 2000 World Series, and there's all kinds of TV cables around everywhere, and you tell the boss that you think the Mets are spying through the cables and he believes you, right?
24: <laughs> yeah, it was great. I mean, there were so many stories like that with George Steinbrenner. Uh, we got a different version of of Mr. Steinbrenner in the 90s than the 70s Yankees got. Those 70s guys really butted heads with him. He was a new owner in the early 70s. But by the time the 90s came around, we kind of embraced him. You know, He was kind of the crazy grandfather when he came in the clubhouse. And during that game you referenced, uh, you know, George Steinbrenner, the middle three games of the 2000 Subway Series were at Shea Stadium. And he rearranged the furniture. He had all the furniture from Yankee Stadium brought over to Shea Stadium so it would be navy blue like Yankee colors. And he proceeded to sit there from three hours before the game to almost two hours after the game. And he rooted and he yelled at the TV, yelled at umpires. He was so intense. And so I saw my spot. I went up into the clubhouse in the middle of that game, and I saw all those cables, and I told George, I said, look, this is not normal here. Something's wrong with this. Uh, The Mets, I know the Mets. I played for the Mets. They're spying on us. They're stealing our signs. And he jumped up off the sofa, and he ran around, and he got on his knees, and he started grabbing and poking at the cables. And then he raced over, and he was going to talk to the commissioner at the time, Bud Selig, and he was going to air him out. And then finally he looked at me, and he saw me laughing, and he said, are are you messing with me? And and I had to fess (laughs) up at that point. the, 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 The gig was up, and and, and luckily we had that relationship. I could see him. It looked like he was going to blow up at me, and then he just kind of started laughing. And 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 he he gave me he came over and got me in a hammerlock. You know, put his <laughs> arm around my head, tried to get me in a hammerlock. And and it, that was the kind of relationship I had with George. I mean, there were several stories like that where I could poke fun at him. You know, it was lucky because we won four out of five World Series championships. So that helps. When you're winning, yeah, yeah, you can yeah. get away with that a little bit more. But but uh you know George was uh he was just remarkable like that he was so intense and there's so many Steinbrenner stories i mean i talked to Larry David once who obviously created uh, the Steinbrenner character uh on Seinfeld and uh, and he said uh you know it, it, he didn't really even know George but all the stories that he created or that he he drew from we're all true stories, and uh, you know he really nailed it. If you've seen Seinfeld, and you've seen you've seen George Steinbrenner on Seinfeld, I mean it is really uh, true to a T. I think Larry David nailed it. Uh,
12: David Cohn uh, with his full count, the education of a pitcher. Grand Central uh, is is the publisher with Jack Curry. Uh, congratulations on the book, uh, David. I will tell you, it's going a little smoother for you than it did uh, for uh, for Ron when his book came out. <laughs>
24: Yeah, I, I feel bad about that. You know, uh, you know, I love that. I'm sorry, I was uh, going to ask bats. you know, like, that. So you're, you're like New York pitcher Dave. You're like, I got a
12: book coming out after he did. You're like, oh great, people are going to think I'm
7: next, right? Yeah.
24: <laughs> yeah, I, I I feel badly. I, I mean, it's, I I just you know that's that's the worst thing when you do a book and you have a situation like that and you, one of your teammates calls you out, uh, but then you start doubting whether you should have done the book in the first place. Uh you know,
12: and yeah. uh, we got to get you out of here. I know you got to go. You got more interviews to do, but there's great stuff about Boomer Wells here. In which basically it was David's, uh, it was David Cohn to keep David Wells out of jail. That was your job. You told him, <laughs> I'll keep him out of jail. Don't worry. And I didn't realize you guys actually stayed at different hotels, which might have pissed some other people off on a team, but we can't get into this now because they think I wouldn't mind staying in my own hotel. But I know we got to go, but we'd love to do it again when you have more time, David. You're not on the tour. But congratulations on the book. Can't wait to read it. Thanks for the time, man. No,
24: thank you guys. Great interview. Thanks for having me on.
12: There's uh, David Cohn uh, with us. That's one of those deals, Joe. You can never get enough in in 10 minutes with a guy.
13: That no, no Cohn, right? I could talk pitching with him all day long, talk baseball. you got to be kidding.
12: Yeah, so just imagine, awesome so the 2000 World Series, all the cables around the clubhouse and stuff, and Cohn convincing. He's like, I played yeah. for the Mets. I'm telling you, they're up to something. <laughs> and that's why it's hard goes, for me to believe. spying too. on you- us through the cables. That's great. Imagine George yeah. Steiner getting on his knees and, like, and then going, I'm going to see the commissioner about this.
13: <laughs> right, exactly. And then imagine how hard it is too to have to be here in Miami and to see a Derek Jeter run an organization like this, and the coming from that kind of, you know, he was a George guy. Like if anybody, yeah. if any of that should have rubbed off on Jeter, you would have hoped that he would have taken that here to Miami, and we've you know got nothing even remotely close to that.
12: He's a George guy right now, like George was in the early '70s, mid '70s.
13: Yes, a good point. You know yes, what I'm saying? Good point. You know, without yep, good knowing point. It, the irony. Yep. It's
12: 42, and, and George Steinbrenner was asked once when people all the Yankees spent so much money, sort of in the A-Rod era, et cetera. And he goes, he goes, uh, he said, I used to be cheap and not spend any money. And he goes, it was empty here. <laughs> like
1: he, goes,
12: yeah. <laughs> like he admitted it, right? He goes, Ah, oh, I was never not cheap. He goes, I tried being cheap it doesn't work in New York. There's too much, you know, too yep. many other competition. Yeah, and, and, yep. and he and he said, because I realized by signing the best players, you give the you give a good product and people respond to it. And look, they built that brand of sort of, forget about the Raiders and a commitment to excellence. You sort of believe the Yankees have a commitment to
13: excellence all the time, Joe. That's correct. Yep. And they and they built that. They, they earned it. You know, yeah. he, he went out there and earned it. Because there were a lot of lean years there early yeah. on. You're right about that. Yep. There well, were he a bought lot the team for $5
12: million, years. guys.
13: Yeah, from CBS. Five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like yep. yep. Crazy.
12: I don't think Miss you can buy a parking like
13: spot at Yankee Stadium for five mil now. No, nobody wanted it. Remember, nobody wanted the Yankees.
12: The CBS crazy. TV was like, "Yeah, take it. Wants it."
13: Yeah, I don't. What am I gonna do with it?
12: <laughs> five million dollars.
13: Uh, crazy.
12: And it was. not so like you paid five million dollars for the Yankees in the 30s or something. No, in the 70s. Yeah.
13: No, they sucked.
12: Yeah, and Bronx, Bronx Zoo, New York was a war zone, dangerous city. You're uh-
8: right.
7: Baseball mm.
12: guys are always my favorite guys. Like, um, you know, I used to do the Expos uh, post-game show, Joe, and, and you know, it's just like you said, It's the baseball stories and the managers and the pitchers, the broadcasters, just, there's great stuff, the practical jokes, the you know what I mean? You know, you you get, know, people uh, don't
13: understand 162-game season plus two months of, you know, it's family. You, you become, whether you cover them, whether you play – it, it's a, it really is a fraternity of sorts, man. It's, uh, it, it's hard to explain. It's unlike other sports because of the length and everything that's involved in it. It's, um, you know, it, it's very unique, man. It really is. There's some
12: great, uh, some great stories uh, here, and I, I want to get into the the Blue Jays a little bit with because he's on the Blue Jays, there were a real a lot of wild guys on those Blue Jay teams. Joe,
13: Dave Winfield, oh, that Joe Carter years, Roberto Alomar, like Dave Stewart, was, yeah, yeah,
1: like. <laughs> Every time Dave cocaine. Stewart
13: pitched, yeah, I mean, yeah, but every time he and he was a black belt too. Like you felt he was just gonna kill you if he didn't if he didn't drill you between the eyes, he was gonna kick your ass after the game. <laughs> the best of Dave nuts.
22: Stewart.
7: Man,
13: I
12: loved Dave Stewart. When I was a kid. Remember with the Oakland days? Yes, was yes. that the pristine yeah. uniform and the hat? Yeah, and like. Yeah, you know, like the A's, the A's that white—it was just a cool uniform. Like every A that players stare. look cool. You know what I'm saying? Ricky <laughs> yes, Henderson looked cool. Filler. Like, yeah. But Dave Stewart says, like, you know, this intimidating-looking brother—he's on the hill. He's got oh, the hat, mean face. And then yep. after the game, you hear him talk.
1: <laughs>
12: right. I really had my stuff out there today. <laughs> yeah. I, my stuff out there. My fastball was grooving. He <laughs> okay, <Yep>. like, yep. <laughs> sounds like basically, yeah, it, like. I can't do the voice. Like, I can't do the... You know what I'm saying, though, right? I pitch him. sort of like the, yeah, the Mike Tyson thing. I ran guys, hey, but, right. like, worse. Like, basically, yeah. he sounded like it was almost like, uh, yeah, I can't even... I can't, like, it's so true. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> he just, it really is. He, he just looks so mean. And like, he's going to kill and you. Yeah, and after Exactly. it really had my great stuff out there today. Yeah, it was so I, My really fastball was that. grooving. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like this it's like, Yeah. So a, true.
12: Dave Stewart. Um, Dave Stewart became an agent. Um, yes. With yes. Uh, with a friend of mine, actually. and passed away, unfortunately. I've told the story. Matt Kemp. They're a Matt Kemp uh, representative.
13: Yes, 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 yes. That's right. Yeah, Eckersley guess. was a bit of a partyer too, during that era. Man,
12: what a kick-ass show. Let's get spoiled, man, with all these great guests. Fun stuff with David Cohn. Uh, Right there. We're not done. We got the Raging Redhead, Cam Stewart, going to join us in a couple of minutes. And um, Sean G., uh, Guasamaki, doing a great job uh, here. We're sending it to New Orleans. We got the Pelicans uh, guys going to join us. Pelicans beat writer going to join us. as all hell's breaking loose. International Basketball Association. I am Gabriel Marenzi in Midtown Manhattan. Uh, Joe Ranieri is in Miami, Florida. You know, it's hard to believe because um, you figure – I've already spent a hell of a lot of time this week talking about the Raptors and the Bucks series, but we really haven't gotten into it on this show yet, so we'll get into this a little bit. We'll give you the odds. I threw it out there earlier that I think the Raptors are going to win the series in six games, and I legitimately believe so. It's plus 650, I believe, right now uh, for the Raptors uh, to win in six. Uh, David Cohn was with us. It's too bad. uh, Five-time World Series champion, David Cohn. Too bad we couldn't get into more of the art of pitching, uh, Joe, as you stated. As, you know, all you need to know about modern baseball, and I really wanted to ask him this, but there's never enough time. about last night, Joe? The Boston Red Sox struck out 24. Mm-hmm. 24 Colorado Rockies. The Rockies struck out 24 times last night and won the baseball game. <laughs>
16: yeah, exactly. Like, is Welcome this, is this to 2019. Now, this
12: is what baseball yep. is now?
13: exactly it exactly what it's been i don't even recognize the game anymore i really don't
12: like I, it's to the point you don't need fielders like awesome what's the point there's no contact anymore everything is home run swinger a miss home run yeah. swinger a miss it's becoming a problem mm-hmm. like there's and you know there. are They say, oh, we're going to lower the mound. That's not going to change anything. Players are only swinging for the fences because that's how they make money. And everything, like you said before, too, no one knows how to pitch. Everything's a power pitch. There's no grace to the game anymore. Nope. Hit this M. on the other side. Yep. Vladimir Guerrero, at least, you know, crushing baseballs. It's fun, but. The morning after continues.
5: higher. Indeed, the world's number one job site. Source.com score total
11: visits. Hi, I'm Keith Urban. I believe every child is entitled to a complete and inspiring education. Music education programs in our schools help kids learn, socialize, gain confidence, and stay in school. But They need your help to survive. The Mr. Holland's Opus Foundation gives school music programs the instruments they need to make this opportunity available to every student who wants to play. With your help, we can keep music alive in our schools and give all kids the education they deserve.
19: Visit mhopus.org now to find out how you can help.
12: continues continues. Fantasy Sports, our radio network sports byline and everything else in between. I have Gabriel Morensi, Midtown Manhattan. Uh, Joe Renari's in Miami, Florida. It's been a pretty stacked uh, show so far already uh, today. Um we're waiting on Cam Stewart uh, right now. Mm. Uh Bob from uh Boston, Boston Bob, or uh, Bob from Vermont, but uh Bobby Boston. Uh That's he's right. on hold. Is is Bob still around? Bruin. Now? Bobby Bruin. Yeah, I'm here. What's up, Bobby? Bobby B. Yeah, Bob, how Bob, you guys Bobby. Are doing? Bob, what's up, Bobby? Bob? Bobby Orr. How about that? Bobby Orr. Settle down, down, Bob. You're not Bobby
13: Orr. Yeah, let's not get crazy, all right? Take it to the. I know, I'm not Bobby Orr. I was
12: always <laughs>
11: kidding. I like that interview you did with David Cohn. He was awesome. You were
12: awesome, too. Uh, no, yeah, Bob, Bobby Orr, great player. One of the greatest players of all time, Bobby Orr. Even if you hate the Bruins, well, it's impossible not to had- Bobby Orr.
14: Yeah, I don't. That's true. So, uh, yeah, who's playing tonight?
13: And what? Sport, who's playing Bob? tonight? Yeah, where are we talking about? Yeah, I'll
12: give you my picks. You don't know oh, who's okay. playing and you're giving us picks. <laughs> you know, you give me picks
1: all the time. I don't
12: know what you're talking about, Bob. Oh, there's
1: Joe Snutt. Not-
4: <laughs>
13: it is.
1: I, I, but it's Bob, I don't understand. How are you
13: going to give us a pick if you don't know who's playing tonight? How are you going to give us a pick?
4: I forgot who's playing
15: tonight. Oh, all right. All right. I forgot who's playing.
4: I forget head. a lot of stuff, you know. If I didn't have my head attached to my body, I would forget that too.
15: Well,
13: who do you like in the golf, Bob? Because I know you don't like golf, but who do you like in the golf anyway?
11: Well, it's Tiger Woods in it.
13: Yes, he is. <laughs>
11: I'll
13: take Tiger Woods doing it. There you go. All right, Bob.
11: Um,
12: <laughs> I want to get your number. I want to get uh, where. Where are you getting your weed from recently? Because man, yeah, I've noticed that like it's bringing Cam right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
12: Wow. Mm-hmm. I don't know how. How does Bob call the station? Like, how does he remember the number, Cam?
13: Good, I don't know, but I can smell I don't it know right
1: what
21: now. He's smoking, but <laughs>
13: <laughs> that weed. It's coming with something coming through uh, the phone, Bob. We can is. smell it.
12: Cam, still, what's
21: up, Cam? <laughs> yeah. Hey, Gabe, how you doing? Hey, Bob good calls out, Bob. in. No, hey, ask us I, I playing know, I, tonight. I heard the whole thing. The thing is about Bob, though, is he keeps on betting the Bruins. So it doesn't matter how stoned he is, Marantz. He's doing better than I am.
13: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. Got a point there. <laughs>
21: I'm, I'm doing brad, pretty I'd good. Rather Bob.
1: I'd rather have drunk
12: be... Brad like operating a cockpit than Bob. <laughs> like... Oh, damn. <laughs>
13: Yeah. <laughs> All right, Bob. How about Toronto, Milwaukee tonight, Bobby? Toronto Raptors, <laughs> Milwaukee Bucks. It's Who are you it going doesn't, with? Yeah,
12: it doesn't give us a lot of confidence. Like, yeah, he calls in with his big. Who's playing tonight?
13: What's your gut yeah. tell you, Bob?
12: Like, uh, listen, I love you, Bob, but you know,
13: it's like Bobby calling.
12: Litton? It's like calling like C-SPAN and saying, so, uh, yeah, I heard it is. Who's running for president? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you got? <laughs> yes. <laughs> who's uh, who's running anyways for the Democrats? <laughs> yeah, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, hello, hello, he's, he's hello, Yeah. Hello. Yeah, who's playing Bob.
21: tonight anyway? <laughs> Boston Bob. All right. Um, what up, Cam? What's happening, Morenci? Yeah, I don't know what strain Bob's got, but. Uh... It's like Pac-Man eating brain cells there. That guy, uh, he's in orbit before, uh, you know, what is it, 11, 15 Eastern. That's wow. A, yeah. That's early.
13: That's a few fries <laughs> short of a happy meal right there, people.
21: Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. Love Bob. <laughs> Love Bob. <laughs> All right.
12: So um, uh, we got the PPGA, Cam. First off, yeah, first things got- first, uh, St. Louis and San yep. Jose. I guess you're taking yep. the St. Louis Blues tonight, right?
21: Yeah, I am, Gabe. You know me. I'm a stubborn prick. Like Bob uh, gets high in the morning. I just won't get off it. Um, I'll tell you something last night, too. You talked about it. We had this argument with Gamble. Last night's hockey game was a perfect example of luck. It doesn't matter. Carolina threw this kitchen sink at these guys. Two Rask, Gabe, I've never seen this guy play like this before. I don't know if he's in the hot tub time machine going back in time. The saves he made. Wow. I'm still in shock, man. They could have been up five to nothing in that game. And I'm just sitting there going, we're going to lose right after the first period. Zero zero. I'm like, we're toast. Boston scores a couple cheesy goals. We're like, yeah, it's over. But I'm on the blues. I believe in the blues at home. San Jose. uh, We talked about it with Kurtz too. Inconsistent. I know they've lost the game twos at home, but St. Louis, it was one of those teams Gabe. I just believe in the grind. I really like the way their defenseman played the last game. And if Bennington gives them anything, basically right now in hockey, what do you do? You take the better goaltender and I'll take Bennington over Jones, even though San Jose Logan Couture is probably the best player in the NHL right now. Give me the blues.
12: All right. So we, we had uh, Rex Hoggard on, uh, from the golf channel on, uh, with us early this oh, nice. morning. Rexy. Yeah. Talking golf. And you know, we were talking about who's in the mix. He liked Brooks. He thinks, uh, Shoffley's in the mix too. He did yep. drop that one of his uh, stat, uh, he said he knows a buddy that works uh, for the PGA or whatever. Because my buddy's like a statistician for the PGA and told me that Cantlay's the play this week. He likes Really like the stat oh, guy God. said, but Cantlay's definitely in the mix. And to me, Cam, and I, we talked about this a bit, we'll get into it more at 4 o'clock today, but I'm liking these guys in the 40, 50, 60 range. Adam Scott, 55 to 1. Um, Cantlay, 40 to 1. Uh, John Rahm's only 20 to one. I like the female. I think people are sleeping on female a little bit coming into this week,
21: too. So what, what, what are you looking at now? I love I love where you're going, Gabe. And I'm not going to do you know, you know, the old 125 to one type of guys. I don't believe it's going to happen this week. The course is too hard, too long, moist. And I will say this I will do top 20 bets for the likes of Aaron Wise at 125 to 1 and Keith Mitchell. But I think everyone's sleeping on John Rahm. We talked about it in Ranieri. You know what happened when he teamed up with Ryan Palmer in New Orleans. He looked pretty happy, Mm -hmm. pretty calm. I I think he maybe is a different guy. I think he's had a lot of conversations since the tournament where he pissed it away, putting a couple in the water and kind of bickering with his caddy. I think Rahm is actually getting disrespected, Gabe, and a guy that you and Joe had on the show, Jason Day as well, the 2015 champion. You're getting Day at 22 to 1 and Rahm at 20, where all these other guys are 10 or 11. They're world-class players, so I think I'm going to dig a little bit deeper. Kepka at 10 to 1, sure he'll be there. I'm, I'm off that train. I like Rom at 20, Day at 22, Shopley at 28, and now at 38. Those are my four horses I'm riding with, and then I'll do some top 10 and 20 bets. I'm not screwing around with anybody else. In, uh, th- these are my guys, these are my horses, and I'm going to ride them all the way to the end. Can't bet too many guys at those odds, too. You'll just take away your profit.
13: Yeah, I mean, and let's face it, 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 we already came up with the blueprint of, of, you know, who the the types of golfers are going to play, Beth, uh, Beth Page Black, and are going to dominate. You better be long. You better be in the middle, um, which is guys like, listen, I mean, I I, I took Bubba Watson at uh, I think fifty-five to one 60? here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, it, it, he's the problem with him. It might be the crowd more than anything else, but this course, and and you know this, Cam, this course requires you. Uh, there's a big difference hitting an eight iron into these greens than a six iron. And that's really the difference off the tee at 7,500 yards. You got a better chance of making birdies using an eight iron than you do a six iron and guys like Bubba and, uh, you know, guys like Kupka, Dustin Johnson, uh, you know, those are the kinds of guys you don't need to be super long. You better be in the middle and you better have some sort of iron play to be able to dominate this course.
21: I like where Gabe's going with Adam Scott, too, Gabe. Uh, a lot of guys, if you're looking at the stats guys, they like Casey this week. You said about Cantley. I like Cantley every week, too. The problem mm. with Cantley is I take him at the Masters at 80 to 1. He has the lead, yeah. and then something bad happens. He, can, he has problems closing the door. He's a world-class player. I just can't take him. Gabe, I, my heart can't take a guy leading on Sunday, pissing this tournament away. I can't deal with it. Oh. I need to deal with closers yep. and guys who have won before. And that's the thing, and I. And so that's why in I'm other words, you
12: don't like Ricky now. this week, then?
21: No, I don't like Ricky this week. I think he'll probably be top ten or top twenty, but at his odds, you don't even get a good price for that. Rom is a guy I, I believe can win a tournament. Boom, he's a closer. Kepka's a closer, yeah. but he's ten can to Catley? one. can't Rom Can Catley win, or know? is he gonna choke? He can. He can win. He's won. He's won. He's won yeah. a tournament before. It was. It was in the silly season, Gabe. And he's been close. Remember when Adam Hadwin? He battled him. I think it was at um, I think it was at the Val Spar, Hadwin held on to a win a couple of years ago. Cantley was right there and he stumbled down the stretch as well. He couldn't get up and down from a bunker. Cantley is a world-class player. I have a problem with him closing doors in big tournaments. He's been there mm. before. He's more of a top 5, top 10 bet. I just uh you know what I mean? I can't ta- have these these guys. I need closers on Sunday. Rahm I believe in. Shifley I believe in. Those are guys I think can nail it when they see, look at a leaderboard and go, wow, I got a chance to win a major here. Some
12: really good yeah. odds on don't, Shifley. Man. I don't you. sleep I on agree. Matt Kutcher
21: either. Yeah, I worry about his length, Joe, you know, at, at this course, but he's a world-class player. Yeah. Raging Redhead Camp Store will
12: be back at 4 o'clock game time decisions.
21: Got it. exodorese too, Gabe. Minnesota, 140. Ooh.
0: That's 800-296-1252. At 28, I had struggled with opiate and meth addiction for 12 years.
10: I did and said things that the sober me never would have done. One day I realized I was not invincible. I was not exempt. And that's when a friend told me about elite rehab placement. They gave me the tools I
0: needed to get sober, and all it took was the one phone call. That's 800-403-5912.
9: Being a new parent means every high and low you can imagine. And enter the code SPORTS at checkout for twenty dollars off. That's myevos.com. myevo dot com.
12: Morning after fantasy sports on radio, and that works. Well, the NBA draft uh, is uh, the uh, the next uh, the next uh, showcase uh, for the association. Uh, Zion Williamson, of course, uh, was um, was um, seemed to be pretty startled last night, actually, and surprised, like everybody else was, Joe. And if you think about it, if you're Zion Williamson, the options, obviously, number one, and I'm not going to say obviously because not everybody would want to live in New York or, or play with the Knicks, etc., but if you want to be a superstar, and clearly Zion was ready to embrace that, right? He was ready to to embrace that. Okay, now, if it wasn't the Knicks, if you're Zion, Phoenix is not bad, Joe. Right? Like, Phoenix is, yeah, they're not a great team, but, you know, you've got Devin Booker, you've got DeAndre Ayton. The city itself is pretty desirable for NBA players. Like, Kevin Durant actually said it's his favorite city in the NBA. Um, It's laid back. It's chill. There's nice weather. It's a fun sort of, you know, they suck, but at the same point in time, they play a fun style, and there's a little bit of talent there. So I don't think he would have panicked if he if if Phoenix would have won the lottery. Chicago wins the lottery. Michael Jordan. You know what I mean, you're playing the same thing as Michael Jordan. It's the Chicago Bulls, Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, I don't think it would have been great, but it's same team as LeBron James, and I think he could have you know lived with it. I don't think it ever crosses my New Orleans. And yeah. I guess it should have, Joe, because you know we were reward all his lottery. there's no, no, no certain things. But I'm sure in his mind he's thinking there's no way. He's like, I'll either end up in Phoenix, Atlanta, Chicago or New York. And then boom, New Orleans out of the blue. I don't think it ever, I don't think he ever considered it before to be honest. I think that's why, like you can sort of see that it's spinning. And they were like, "All right, we better get this kid out of this room before like this gets weird." So mm. you
1: know,
12: they they got him out of there quick. And I haven't, you know, it's it's just it was such an amazingly shocking a uh, lottery last night. All right, do we have Brett right now? Uh, you said, uh, Chris. All right, Brett Martell steps up and in to uh, join us to talk about all this and more. Um, all I can say, Brett, is uh, wow, 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 and freaking wow. After last night, and when it got to, like, the third stuff, I actually tweeted out, I said, can you believe this? The Pelicans were reportedly wanting to trade AD to get the top pick, and they're going to get the damn top pick, maybe. Hey, gotta love sports, don't you?
20: <laughs> yeah, it certainly increases New Orleans' uh, leverage, I mean, um, widened their options substantially in terms of what they can do with Anthony Davis. And, uh, it was unexpected. I think most people looked at, you know, their 6% chance of, of winning the lottery as, you know, equivalent to really realistically no chance. And so, you know, everyone here was still interested to, to see how it would end up in terms of, you know, which, you know, which team would get the top pick and how that might affect the Anthony Davis sweepstakes. And it definitely took a surprising turn. And, um, probably a huge morale boost for professional sports fans in new orleans who have had a lousy start to 2019 going back to the uh you know the no call and the nfc championship and then the will Wade suspension with lsu basketball and of course anthony davis's uh trade request it's you know it's been tough first few months for for fans here
12: there's so much up in the air right now as well right that's that's the thing it's hard to speculate but I'll throw it out there, and you can tell me if I'm wrong or, you know, that. And I'm not saying he's a bad kid, Anthony Davis. I'm not saying he's a bad guy, and, oh, you know, you can't. You know, I'm not saying he's mugging old ladies in the street here. But at the same point in time, he quit on the team. I don't like the people that he has around him. I think that they are the ones that sort of poisoned him and went down this road, LeBron and his guys. And I don't. I don't really want him anywhere around uh, Zion, uh, to be honest. I know there was a lot of talk of, oh, well, maybe now and this and that. I would put, I would put him out there. But where I'm going with this is, if you're, if you're the Pelicans, and, and your opinion, Brett, are you opposed to, let's say, R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson? And I should ask too, because a lot of people saying Zion Williamson was freaked out. Uh, he's not overly happy about this New Orleans thing. Has he commented specifically since last night, and what what are you hearing behind the scenes as far as uh as far as Zion and his excitement level about New Orleans?
20: Well um, I don't believe he's the type of person, and you know I mean the thing is at this t- at this time there's a lot of agendas and competing agendas, and you hear a lot of things you're not sure really which is substantial, and also I think people over time people need time to kind of digest situations before they really make a rational long-term decision. So I wouldn't read too much into what's, what's been said or heard, you know, just in the last 12 hours. But um, it does sound to me like David Griffin, you know, is um, very cautious uh, about just saying that Zion is definitely the pick. I mean, he, he made some comments last night in a conference call in New Orleans media about the importance of, of having like-minded individuals, uh, you know, who are all on the same page in the organization and, and that they need to, you know, meet with the elite prospects. And he added that they think there's more than one. So, um, you know, he, he, he definitely wanted to put it in people's minds that, that drafting Zion is not a fait accompli. Um, although I think most fans still seem to think it is because he's the overwhelming consensus, number one, you know, number one pick. And, and so, uh, uh, I, I have a hard time even myself imagining that they would go in a different direction.
13: It's interesting, too, Brett. I mean, listen, bottom line is the Pelicans fans got a lot to be excited about. You got a new sheriff in town in David Griffin who has uh, plenty of experience. He's just been dealt, uh, you know, pocket aces right now. He's got the ability to go uh, get Zion. If none of us thought about it, if the media never talked about the possibility of the Pelicans getting Zion, I am fairly certain... A.D. didn't think about it either, Uh, but it does bring up an interesting situation. I mean, Vegas took him from 300 to 1 to 25 to 1. The prospect of Zion, Holiday, Davis in the West that might lose Kevin Durant, and and nobody seems to know what's going to happen with Kawhi. Um, It's probably an option right now for Anthony Davis. It's at least a consideration, even though we're hearing he's, he's not interested. Well, he might be interested if Zion's there, wouldn't he be?
20: Uh, it's, it's a definite possibility. And, you know, Anthony even said, uh, in the kind of end, of end of season availability, the day after the last regular season game or so that he understood that the Pelicans might not find a the deal they want in the summertime and that he has to be mentally prepared to come back and possibly play until the trade deadline. Um, and, and he said he understood that possibility. So if the Pelicans now say, uh, we want to take our time before we part ways with a player like you. And we think that you shouldn't make your decision until you've had a chance to play with us for a couple of yeah. months uh you know it's possible that he could play with Drew Holiday and Zion Williamson for a couple of months and decide that he really likes it here and that he also likes the idea that the Pelicans are the only team that can offer a max extension which is worth tens of millions of dollars right. more money
7: I wouldn't so, I, I would be
20: done
12: it's almost like you're getting cheated on a, on a relationship and you're accepting it all right all right we'll go back here but I don't you know what what what's the the cash what's the common fan with Anthony Davis right now because I even imagine if they're both there, it's almost like, shut up, AD. You screwed us. Zion's the one that, you know, he's actually here now. What is Is there resentment towards Anthony Davis, or do people, like, want them to be able to smooth this out? Like, if if there was a poll in the city, would it be like, get bent, get the hell out of here, AD, or no, no, we want to keep AD in the city? What's the, what's the average Pelican fan think? I
20: think... Mean- the average Pelican fan understands the wisdom of giving AD a second chance, but are, but they would definitely be having trust issues with him because uh, New Orleans is a relatively small, culturally distinct, tight-knit community, and and people here just are very paranoid about you know outsiders' intentions. You know, maybe yeah, they don't yeah, get yeah. us, they don't appreciate us, so we don't want them here. True. Sure. You know, and so they could. They, I'm sure there were a lot of fans that were really, really disenchanted. With him um, and disillusioned, uh, you know, the, the, what the, happened, the, that's that all folk shirt
12: at the end, bro. Like that was just, you know, I yeah, can't but, overlook but this. You, and then he says, "Oh, I don't dress myself." Brent? What the hell does that mean? You don't dress yourself.
13: You're a man. You know, you know
12: what you're putting on.
13: You know. Was it him or, or the people around him? Because there is a lot of talk that it, he was getting really bad advice in his ear. because from what I understand, he's actually not that kind of guy that he comes across at, but he just, he was pulled in 101 different directions. What, what is your take on it?
20: Uh, you know, I've, I've always had a decent relationship with him. I've never found him to be a particularly um, troubled or offensive or combustible individual, um, He's even had a sense of humor towards people who have, you know, who have been critical about him on Twitter. You know, he'll he'll repeat what, what, you know, that he read what they said and like raises eyebrows and look at them with this funny look on his face. But, you know, still kind of does it in a way that the whole swarm of media starts laughing as as opposed to getting awkward or uncomfortable like some other guys that you've seen around the NBA. So, you know, uh, the Pelicans brass also. Uh, privately even before, you know, some of the shakeup, the people I was hearing from said that they really, truly believe, and always I believe that Anthony Davis is fundamentally a good guy, but was getting, you know, bad advice uh, from his agent, whose boss plays for the Lakers. (laughs) That's kind of the way it was put to me.
12: (laughs) I actually tweeted out last night, Brad, after. Said, well, right now LeBron's conspiring to tamper and get Zion somehow. And I said, sad thing is, I'm not joking. You know what I mean? like,
20: yeah. yeah. And you also have to think, I mean, the, the Lakers seem to be, you know, they, I mean, some people might be under the impression they look a little relatively dysfunctional now compared to how they've been in the past. And, does does Anthony Davis look at that situation relative to what's coming into New Orleans or what the other options are around the league and really want to go there anymore?
12: I think what so. man's man is going to get crazy because I don't think LeBron LeBron's got a short window. I don't think he wants the fourth overall pick. I think they're going to try mm. to dangle that fourth pick. The question is, what if the Knicks dangle the third pick and and things get real real interesting? Man, it's, you're going to be a busy man, Brett. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>
20: You got it. It was fun. Take care, guys. Have a Let's good week. We'll
12: do it again, definitely. Wow, it's going to be crazy, Joe, in the next couple of weeks. In the end. Yeah. yeah.
15: to andro400.com or call 888-400-035, 888-400-0435, andro400.com.
14: Are you, or someone you love, one of the nearly one million Americans living with Parkinson's disease? There is no known cure, but you have the power to help change that by participating in a clinical trial. The Michael J. Fox Foundation will help get you started. Visit michaeljfox.org forward slash participant pack to download the new Parkinson's trial participant pack. It's free and available right now. That's michaeljfox.org forward slash participant pack. Visit today.
22: The
13: Curry Brothers prop last night on FanDuel to have over nine three pointers was plus 550. And of course, Steph had nine and Steph had one. So put it together, that's ten. And that means the overcash. So did you have it? And the answer is no. It's time for you to take a shot and open up a sports wagering account with FanDuel, Jersey's largest sports book, by simply going to fanDuel.com forward slash grid and you'll receive a free bet up to $500. That's a free bet up to $500. When you open a sports wagering account at fanduel.com forward slash grid, you can call into the show with your winning wager. And you of course can walk us through the bet. We always want to hear from you. Simply go to fanduel.com forward slash grid, open your new accounts and claim your free wager up to $500 today. And if you were smart enough to place a bet on the jets firing their general manager, well, congratulations! They just did. Are you friggin' kidding me, Gabe? Ah,
12: uh, Joe, I'm gonna give this one to you because you're a Jet fan. But I, I, I just want to say, I, I just yeah. want to say, as a Buffalo Bill fan, oh, I 1,000% approve of Adam Gase being the general manager of the Jets. I, 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 I wish Adam Gase that you're the GM of this team for the next 10 years, sir.
13: Holy crap! So I, a guy, I can't even. a
12: guy that gets fired. From Miami, because oh he God. can't communicate with players.
13: <laughs> yes, because he, he was the job and And loses in the division, coach.
12: gets a job in the division again, and now oh, he's been God. given the keys to being the boss and has no no checks of power.
13: Yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> the that, same guy, you know, so funny. it looked like Smoke he was on fire.
12: 12 hits of acid at the press conference. I, Joe, remember, I mean, that was him at the press conference, now he's running the team.
13: I, I, I can't. Joe, like, I Jet fan? I give it to, to you, sir. This breaking news, I, no, Jets I, I, just I, fired I, the I
12: GM and made Adam Gase the active
13: GM. All right. Well, let me – you know what? Because I can't even do it, so let me put it up on the screen. Uh, this is the New York Jets statement here. Uh, yeah, this morning was painful I painful Yes. This morning, I, I informed Mike, Mike that, that he, he is being duties? relieved of his duties. Oh, my God. I can't. Like, I can't. I, I, like, I, I can't. like what
12: I'll read yeah. here. All right. So, this morning – this morning, good. this is uh, Christopher Johnson, CEO. It's always good when, like, the rich kid. It's never, you know what I mean? The rich kid inherits the team. Uh, the morning I informed Mike that he was being relieved of his duties as general manager of the team, effective immediately. Mike helped to execute the strategic vision of the organization during the last four seasons and did too good of a job over the last couple of months drafting and getting Levy on Pellic. No, I didn't really say that. Uh, <laughs> and gentlemen, like I don't.
13: Are I we can't. in bizarre like, world? Like I just can't.
12: I have no idea what's okay, going so on. So, Mike, here. I, yes, exactly. Auntie. He did execute a good vision. He got you a good draft. Yeah. The drafts have been good. The he team's going in the that. right direction. What the hell are you doing? And the crazy thing is, to me, the only thing that I don't like that this GM did is hire Adam Gase. <laughs> exactly. And you just made Adam Gase. Like, you look at the draft picks Adams, Darnold. This year, nice draft. You convinced Le'Veon Bell. What the hell do you want this guy to do? You, what, what do you want him to do? You it's want to sweep up the parking lot at the Meadowlands? What do you want this guy to do, McCann? What do you want him to do? He goes, however, it came to the decision to make a change after much thought and careful assessment of what would be in the best long-term uh, interest of the New York Jets.
13: Uh, it it wouldn't be the Jets, right? Uh, we we waiting for it. It, it, was, bound to, it was bound to show off. You guys it couldn't was, even get the cap before
12: screwing this up.
13: Didn't we hear about this too? Which is the amazing thing. Didn't we actually the day after the find draft. right? And and we were like, and they were both like, Oh God, please. That's just ridiculous. Well, apparently it's, it must've been way deeper than what it was made out to be because this is wow. Absolutely. Co- I think Adam Gase being the jets interim GM is the bigger story than him getting fired. The fact that you handed it to Adam Gase shows that you're either optically you, you haven't seen, did you see what he did here in four years? Did you see what he did you as a player in Miami? You saw guy? it. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah isn't firsthand. Adam
12: Gase the guy that wanted to get rid of Jay Jai because he said all he wants to do is score touchdowns? That was it. Yeah, that was his quote. That all he it. does is try to score touchdowns. <laughs> and yep. I remember in the Super Bowl, him running for a touchdown. I <laughs> like, can't.
13: Oh, this is just.
12: Of, be like, uh, sir, yeah. uh, is it scoring? T- <laughs> like, yeah, he's a running back. Like, yeah, he yeah. wants to I, score a touchdown.
13: Why? G- Gase is isn't acting. he the same what guy
12: that doing? ran Jarvis Landry out of town? That like you know correct? Yeah, like Adam Alienated Gase everybody. doesn't get along with good football players.
13: <laughs> Veterans, no, he doesn't. It's either it, it's I I I I I. good Gase be and Levy
12: on Bell a train wreck waiting to happen?
13: Yep. Yep. It's uh, it's embarrassing. I can't even believe that uh, that came. Yeah, up Fireman like ads
12: just... like make him there. Yeah. Like what?
13: I mean, I just don't understand. We wish him and his wife. Why would you bring Betty in this? Like, why do you got to wish Betty? You just fired her <laughs> husband. Why are you thanking her? Yeah, you're right. Why are you wishing her? <laughs> that, <Beth>? you're, uh,
12: <laughs> you're right, Joe. To me, that's almost an fu to you and Betty.
13: Exactly.
12: No, that's not a. That's an yeah. They, you're exactly right, Joe. And your right. wife Betty. It's might as well be F you and your wife, Betty. You know what I mean? Why would you I bring agree. the guy's wife? What, what about his kid? And tell Caroline good luck in grade five this yes.
13: year. Yeah. And Sparky, the dog, always you're great. Right. The
12: fuck, kid yeah. and Betty is the last word. <laughs> it's might as well be, yeah, get the hell off our property, you and Betty. You
13: know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you and Betty. And take Betty with you. Yeah, take are right. I just, I, I it's can't. a good call, Joe. Like, why they throw Betty in here? <laughs> Yeah, well, leave Betty
12: out of this. She's probably ripping right. Like, are you kidding me? Coach Gase I, I, to be the I, acting GM. Coach Gase can't do a press conference. All right. I, you know what? I wish I could do this right now, and I'd, like, be the one. Uh, well, you're the new GM, Gase. Time for a press conference today, right? That's right. No, that's I'm dead serious. serious. Yep. I'm dead serious. You. You're the coach. Hey, if I'm a Jets player right now, are you thinking, what the hell's going on here? Like, yep. you guys can say, if you're thinking at home right now, what's the big deal, GM, or whatever. Guys, you just, they just went through the job. The season starts in six weeks. Cap is in four weeks, essentially. Yep. Like, this just shows it reeks of dysfunction, Joe. Yep. And Adam Gase and isn't exactly the most respected guy, like, by players and stuff. So, suddenly... Think- it's not like, well, I got a problem with Gase, but I can talk to McCagney about this. and You know what I mean? Yeah. Now it's yep, like yep. Gase is in charge. Like, who, <laughs> how, who, who's policing Gase? Christopher Johnson? What the hell does he know?
13: We do have, uh, they're actually, here's the press, they're actually holding a press conference right now. There's oh, yeah. the uh oh, there's live. The Jets organization, and the
12: Meadowlands never st- st- stops giving. does it, Joe.
13: Like, there it is. There it is. Uh, live from Jets Dave Gattelman
12: says, "Hold my beer." Dave
13: yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh,
12: Gettleman's the most happy guy in New York right now. I can't. He's like, oh, I good, can't. good. Like, I, like, yeah, you know, finally.
13: Oh, and by else. the way, um, there's uh, there's breaking news on Zion as well. Apparently, he has, in fact, changed his mind. He's going to become a New Orleans Saint. Yeah. So, uh, look at Sean Payton throwing his hat in the yeah, ring. Sean huh? Payton.
12: Hey, sh- shut up, coach. Sean Payton's like, hey, you should play football.
13: Yeah, look at him. Yeah, I, I had a thought. Look at him Photoshopping hey, yeah, set, him Hey, settle it. down,
12: nice. Sean. I'm like.
13: Yeah, yeah. Get, don't get crazy. All right, back to the Jeff.
12: Yeah, he's got a yeah, live <laughs> press conference
13: with Adam Gase. That's it, Adam. Who would have thought that you get fired from being the GM and the coach in Miami to parlay that into being hired as the coach, getting that GM fired, and now you run the organization? I I just, I can't. The NFL, I I can't.
12: And how about the fact that you're right. He gets promoted to the gentleman. He gets fired. He gets fired from (laughs) one job. Somehow gets another job that's even more high profile. Yeah, exactly. Hasn't coached a damn game does the worst <laughs> press conference in the history of press conferences and gets oh. promoted before he's won a single game or coached a game. <laughs> like, only I, in the I Jets. They're just... so like, we're working the wrong organization, bro. Like, I Jets,
13: agree, man. You
12: get promoted to GM without doing anything. <laughs>
13: yeah. I agree. I, I just, I'm I'm blown away by, I mean, Christopher, I, the riff must have been, I'm trying to think of what, I mean, obviously yeah, so what's you the bring beef? Jason here. You got there. Le'Veon Bell. Right, they
12: drafted Quinn. What's the beef? Like Quentin Williams? Like what? I don't understand. What's the beef here?
13: I'm thinking this has. It all ties into uh, Sam Donald. Uh, so if they brought him in to be the Sam Donald whisperer, then. If he made, if he pushed and said, listen, I can't do this with this guy. Our visions don't – they're going to side with Adam Gase because of Sam Darnold. So if he made a big stink like he wanted certain guys in the draft from an offensive standpoint and they didn't look at it, uh, it must have got ugly in that draft room, man. I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, uh, look so at this. This is Twitter. what you handed the organization to. This is what you handed the organization to. Look, uh, look at this.
12: It's my boy we over at Sports Illustrated. We got to get Brian Tulloch on. Good guy. A yeah, fancy yeah. guy over at S.I. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah, just but... tweeted out. I said, as a Bills fan, I like the idea of Gase being in charge of Jets. <laughs> I can't. He responded at me. This guy. He goes, as a Jet fan, I hate your tweet.
1: <laughs> yeah, I. I and just, with I a don't picture of
12: what... Gase looking all whacked out. Here's yeah. Jason on Twitter. Never change, Jets. <laughs> mm-hmm.
13: Yeah, Jets being Jets. Uh, it's beyond me. Absolutely. I mean, that's what you just handed the keys to the franchise to. So there had to McCagnan must have. Had to step all over him, and he had to go above McKagan and said, listen, you want me to make Sam Donald great? I can't do it with so this guy." So I guess he business. never hired Gase then, right? Did the Johnsons hire Gase? The Johnsons got the phone call from Peyton. The, the Johnsons called Peyton. Don't forget. So you're telling Johnson, me, so not, in
12: other words, Peyton Manning, and you say Peyton, you mean Peyton Manning, right? Peyton Manning, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. from what I understand, too, Peyton Manning had, a, had an influence in the Cleveland uh, Browns draft room. Had an yes. influence in the New York Giants draft room, Denver Broncos, mm-hmm. like Peyton Manning essentially just like runs the league behind the scenes, I guess, right? And uh, no, no, you can't take yep. him, hire him. He's like a godmaker. This, he's a kingmaker. Peyton Manning.
13: It's crazy. It's absolutely, uh, it's absolutely crazy. Yeah, you know, they, they called honestly, the Jones. Like even the Jones
12: team. or the Giants, they said, "Oh, Peyton Manning, vouch
13: for him." Peyton yeah, Manning's right. not a
12: giant. Yeah.
13: Yep. The connections are amazing. The actual Peyton Manning, that whole Archie Manning, Peyton, Eli, it's it's fascinating to me. I know. But, yes, it wasn't Mick Cagnon that called. It was the Johnsons that called and got the opinion, do you trust this guy? Can we trust him? And he signed oh, yeah, off. Real so, trust. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. Unless Peyton was rolling through, I mean. Like I said, I, Sam Darnold,
12: can't... it's early. It's not definitive. But Sam Darnold looks like it was a good draft pick. Yeah.
13: Yeah, I you know you had to get him a coach. We he know got that. the free and agent.
12: Yeah, you know, listen, the Jets are a dumpster fire, like you said. People, are, oh, Levy on Bell, whatever. He got the job done. He got Levy on Bell, right? Like, I don't, exactly. I don't see this. I don't, I don't understand. And to hire Gates, you got the
13: is, best guy in the draft. Many people think here you got the right guy. You're, you're heading. Everything you've done here is heading in the right direction. You, you bolstered the defense, and right. you know maybe you know CJ like bothers
12: them. From, He's doing a good job.
13: Uh, unless he, unless they're thinking maybe Adam Gase is like, listen, you spent all this time bolstering, you know, getting defense. I don't. Who else could they have gotten? I, I don't get it. You know, know what it is though. When you think, it.
12: okay, I'm sure it's even people listening now, smart people are thinking, what does it matter? It's just a GM. It's just an executive. Blah, blah, blah. It's okay. dysfunctionality. And another thing is, all these guys on the, most of these guys on the team were drafted by this guy. Yep. Now they're thinking, That's well, correct. the guy that, like me, has gone. And you know, Joe, that business is just like our business, right? Yeah, you know, anytime the GM or station manager is gone and I hire you, you're done. I've like, seen
13: sends this a message, before. right? before. Yeah, like, that it's sends like, a message.
12: Yeah, it's like, you know, you hear this in sports, we want our guys. So suddenly you're like, well, it's sort of like a college kid and the coach leaving. You're told Mm -hmm. the program's going in this direction. We're going to do this. We're going to play this style. And and then suddenly it's just, it was all lip service. You know what I mean? Like, there'd be a lot of guys that were drafted by this guy and aren't going to be happy now, right? And they're going to think, "Wow, what does Gase think of me? And we all know Gase is kind of a psycho weird dude.
13: Yeah, well, at least they did say goodbye to Betty. That was important.
12: Oh, yeah. No, they didn't say goodbye to Betty. Betty. They told her to go after South. You and Betty. Yeah. (laughs) I like that. You and Betty.
13: You and Betty. Go Bills. Bills. Bringing Betty in the. Ridiculous. Bills Mafia. I'm going to get
18: drunk. blue goo a try call one 888 and you'll receive a one week supply of blue goo absolutely free the makers of blue goo are even paying the shipping the number again is one 888 if you want more information on blue goo visit online at www.do now available at select big five stores near you
0: 800-847-1183. That's
12: 800-847-1183. You tell the boss that you think the Mets are spying through the cables and he believes you, right?
24: <laughs> yeah, it was great. I mean, there were so many stories like that with George Steinbrenner. Uh we got a different version of, of Mr. Steinbrenner in the 90s than the 70s Yankees got. Those 70s guys really butted heads with him. He was a new owner in the early 70s. But by the time the 90s came around, we kind of embraced him. You know, he was kind of the crazy grandfather when he came in the clubhouse. And during that game you referenced, uh, you know, George Steinbrenner, the middle three games of the 2000 Subway Series were at Shea Stadium. And he rearranged the furniture. He had all the furniture from Yankee Stadium brought over to Shea Stadium so it would be navy blue like he- Inky colors, And he proceeded to sit there from three hours before the game to almost two hours after the game. And he rooted and he yelled at the TV, yelled at umpires. He was so intense. And so I saw my spot. I went up into the clubhouse in the middle of that game and I saw all those cables and I told George, I said, look, this is not normal here. Something's wrong with this. Uh, The Mets, I know the Mets. I played for the Mets. They're spying on us. They're stealing our signs. And then he jumped up off the sofa, and he ran around, and he got on his knees, and he started grabbing and poking at the cables, and then he raced over, and he was going to talk to the commissioner at the time, Bud Selig, and he was going to air him out, and then finally he looked at me, and he saw me laughing, and he said, are are you messing with me? And and I had to fess (laughs) up at that point, and the, 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 the gig was up, and 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 luckily we had that relationship i could see him it looked like he was going to blow up at me and then he just kind of started laughing and 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 he he gave me he came over and got me in a hammerlock you know put his (laughs) arm around my head tried to get me in a hammerlock and and that was the kind of relationship i had with george i mean there were several stories like that where i could poke fun at him you know it was lucky because we won four out of five world series championships so that helps when you're winning you can get away with that a little bit more but but uh you know George was uh, he was just remarkable like that. He was so intense, and there's so many Steinbrenner stories. I mean, I talked to Larry David once, who obviously created uh, the Steinbrenner character uh on Seinfeld, and uh, and he said, uh, you know it, 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 he didn't really even know George, but all the stories that he created or that he he drew from were all true stories, and uh you know he really nailed it. If you've seen Seinfeld and you've seen you've seen George Steinbrenner on Seinfeld, I mean it is really uh true to a T. I think Larry David nailed
12: it. David Cohn uh, with his full count. The Education of a Pitcher, Grand Central, uh, is is the publisher with Jack Curry. Uh, Congratulations on the book, uh, David. I'll tell you, it's going a little smoother for you than it did uh, for for Ron when his book came out.
1: GCNlive.com today.